All right, let's go. It is a Tuesday, which would typically mean KJ Kindler is hanging out next to us, but uh, today is an adjust. We went to the pen. We went to the righty. Uh, Lou Ball is with us. He is, of course, the assistant gym coach. Been here since day one with Coach Kindler. Shocking. Um, what other is it? Associate head coach with you? Do you have any other titles with that? Am I botching anything, or is it just assistant? No, you got it. We, right. I was an assistant coach, and a few years back, uh, there was kind of a movement in, in gymnastics to promote people to associate head coach. So we kind of did that with both me and Tom. Okay, so we're, we're co-associate head coaches. I've always, I've always wanted to ask you this, but because you have what two daughters, right? Two daughters, and you and KJ have been married for. 15 years now? 16 years. Look, look, yep. I'm pretty close here. I'm pretty getting close, good. What is it like? Because I go home every day. My wife is staying home, so I see my wife every day. And it's, and it's cool. It's great. But there's also times I'm like, I got to go over here. You guys coach a championship-level program, and you have for years together. How's that? What is that dynamic like for you? Well, I mean, you know, when you're young, it, it, it's hard. You, you kind of got to figure out how, how things are going to go and mm-hmm. how you're going to bounce things off each other. But we've been doing it for so long that <laughs> – you know, I think we said this when you came to the gym the other day, even with me and Tom and, and KJ and our trainer, Jen. We've been together so long we can finish each other's sentences. Yeah. We, we know what the other one's thinking. We just kind of give them a look, and it all registers, and you know. So that that part is pretty pretty routine at this point in time. It's I love it. I think it's cool as all get out. And obviously you guys have had incredible success. Um, so what is this week like then? Is it just preparation? Is it rest, recovery? We got a week off before we're on the road. Yeah, a little bit of both. Um, need to get some good rest, um, but also, you know, got to turn your mind straight forward to what we're about to go into. Um, the The routine is similar to what we did going into regionals. We came off a Big 12 championship. The time span is very similar. So you're just trying to kind of stay in a routine where you're recreating that same exact uh, day-to-day operations and and maybe, you know, getting a little bit better than you were from Big 12s to regionals and just trying to improve each day. National championship again. Uh, so you guys are going to be what my understanding, again, is semifinal one. And you're there with Utah, Minnesota, and Alabama. Is that correct? Correct. So we've got – I'm sitting here. I'm looking at the calendar today. It is April the 5th. So you got like nine days, but there's travel in there. Is there a bunch of pre-tournament things? Or I say pre-tournament, pre-meet things that, that, that are involved in it, or is it just, hey, focus and go win? Yeah, it's just same same routine. Practice, get better each day. Um, we had a team meeting yesterday, kind of rolled things out for them and talked about uh, where, where our minds need to be and, and our day-to-day operations and how we're going to change things to uh, – you know, the, the competition is earlier in the morning for that session one. So we talked to the team about getting up early in the morning every day this week and getting in a routine where you're getting up early and going to bed a little earlier than you're used to, just creating that routine that, that'll keep them on an even keel moving forward. So Was there anyone, um, broad view here real quick, and the, the teams that made it to the finals, anyone that surprised you? Any kind of shocks that were among those that are still standing? I don't think so. I didn't I think mean, so either. The, the one thing LSU not advancing out of the out of this their bracket was probably a little bit shocking. Missouri made it for the first time in a long time, but Missouri's been good all year. So I I fully expected them to come out of that region. I I kind of really felt like it was going to be Michigan and Missouri. 
Um, so, and, and they both made it. So for you as a coach, it's that balance. We're, we're joking about this with Hubert Davis. And good morning, Josh. How are you? Josh is here. So I didn't, I didn't properly introduce Josh Helmer, Lou Ball, assistant gymnastics coach. Have you met Josh before when you've been up here? I believe we have. Yes. Okay. Good deal. Sorry. Yep. Sorry. Josh was grinding away on the social media side of things. And I was like, I, sorry, morning, Josh. Um, but we're talking about Hubert Davis, right? Winning a na- potentially on the cusp of winning a national championship his first year. But he's last night when he's doing the interviews, he goes, I'm supposed to be mad right now, but I'm filled with pride because of how these guys – that's his first year. Five years from now, I'll be like, I'm, I might be mad. But you guys, have, you guys have gone through it all. So there's this moment now, I would imagine, this next week where there is a sense of we, we, made, we made the NCAA championships. That's a great accomplishment. But there's that next step. So how do you balance – being prideful of where this program has reached in 2022 and knowing there's still more to go out and accomplish. Yeah, um, we talked about that too. Uh, Super proud of the team this year. Uh, It's a unique year. It's a different year with the COVID scholarships that are out there. There's a number of teams that are operating with, you know, up to 40, 45% of their team are, are COVID kids. Uh, that wouldn't ordinarily even be on their roster. So that's been a challenge. And, and we've, we've, you know, stayed right where we were supposed to be. We don't, we don't have that this year with our team. Uh, as you know, Anastasia moved on last year, uh, great athlete, all around champion. Um, and this year we have, you know, we have two kids that are, that are contributing in the lineup right now doing two routines. So I said this whenever I was there a couple weeks ago, and you and I haven't had a chance to debrief or talk about it, but I like the personality of this team. You guys have a lot of character. When I say characters, I mean it in a good way, right? Different types of personality. There might be the laid back confidence of Olivia Troutman, and then you have the freshmen that come in that are just energetic through the roof. What what is the balance like in the personalities of the squad, Lou? Yeah, there's a great balance right now. The freshmen have really, really done a great job this year. You know, it took them a little bit to get rolling, and and now I think they're gaining an understanding of what it's all about, and they've really settled into a, a groove and are have been really strong in these big competitions. Um, the, you can't say enough about the injection of Olivia Troutman back into the vault lineup um, and the beam lineup as well. Uh, but she just she stabilizes everything. Uh, when it when it comes to our our team, you you put somebody in there that's got that kind of experience and has that kind of uh, talent, and it literally just stabilizes everything around around the lineup. So um, she, it's been a huge huge gain getting her back in there. I was I've always told Coach this, uh, and Lou Ball's with us, OU Women's Gymnastics Assistant Coach. There's two things that I love to watch whenever I go. I like to watch Coach walk around and kind of k- keep things. And you, there is an art to what you do on the floor because you're the man that makes sure that the tape is where it needs to be on the on the extra padding. But then you put it in other people's hands to make sure that it's properly placed. I little things always stand out to me, but that's an attention to detail. You want to make sure that's perfect. Yeah, uh, it, it's kind of it kind of flips. Tom kind of becomes my assistant on when I'm doing coaching vault, and he kind of does everything that I need and, right. and along with the managers. Uh, the managers are are a huge part of what we do, and and those are the people you're referring to. Yeah. Uh, so they they do a great job, and and we've really not. It's great teamwork between the managers. Uh, and the coaching staff, like you said, I'll, I'll be out there taping it. They help me tape it. They move them for the most part, but then I go over there just to make sure it's <laughs> just right because I don't – this is my thing. I, if right. it's going to be someone – if someone makes a mistake, I would rather have it fall on a, 
on a coaching staff member mm-hmm. than a manager, and then the manager have to deal with the heat. So <laughs> I've kind of I've kind of got their back when I'm doing that. It's not just me out there doing the details. I'm just so is there almost I don't want to say a superstitious nature to it because it's a preparation thing, but is it one of those things whenever Lou's going through his game day that uh, routine or, or match day routine or, or even practice routine that is kind of part of it? I mean, is that is that are you a routine oriented person? Yes, sir, I am. Oh, yeah. same way. No, it's every meet is the same. <laughs> uh, two pieces of gum for the warm up. It goes out in the changeover. Two new pieces of gum for the competition. Uh, it's it it is that way. Are you the same way? Well, do you golf? Do you do? I used to when right. I was young, before kids. Before <laughs> it's the before kids. I used to golf. You know, tw- I like to twice call him Josh. Yeah, yeah, it's because before kids, I'm the same. Well. I really got to go back for it before kids. But even when we moved down here and the kids were a little bit younger, you could. Once they get older, and I, you probably never get to go out in January, February, and March anyway. But I haven't even stepped on the course in 2022. But you bring it up like the two pieces of gum because that is so – I got to have two quarters in my right pocket and, and one extra golf ball in my left. And my wallet's got to be not on me but off. But I got to – you know, all these little weird nuances that are there. Were you like that as an athlete too? When you um, performed and you uh, competed? Yeah, I think most athletes are. I think I, you're I right. I think most athletes kind of have a routine, especially on game day, you know, uh, you know, for us, competition day. You, you, everybody has their routine. You know, if they go get their cup of coffee or whatever it is, I feel like it's pretty traditional in most sports. All right, so when I asked Coach, hey, what do we need to make sure that we're going to promote up today? She said, get people to Fort Worth. Um, <laughs> yes. Need a home crowd. Yes. Thursday at noon and then pending qualifications, it would be Saturday at noon as well. But I think we've seen the videos I've watched before in the past. That can that can really be a very Sooner-centric environment, and it's important that people get down there, right? Yes, it's it's very important. Uh, if you can come, we, we need you there. It, it, it creates an advantage that, that you can't describe. Um it's it is an electric event. If if you've never been, it is literally in each one of those sessions, four of the best eight teams all going at each other at the same time. Wow! So imagine like you know this is kind of a crazy analogy, but imagine like four basketball teams competing all at the same time in the same arena. Right, and there's just like a bunch of different wa- courts yeah. going on. Like what's it's, going on it's, here? It's a lot to keep up with, but it is crazy because someone will land and and the crowd for a certain team will go crazy, and then another kid will land and the crowd will go crazy for that kid. It, it is constant and it runs from the beginning to the end. So the better your crowd is, the, the bigger advantage you have. And we've had really, really good Oklahoma crowds down there at the championship. 18th straight season you guys are headed to the NCAA championship. That's wild, man. Yeah. You got to pinch yourself sometimes. <laughs> it's it's, it's uh, like we were talking about that balance. I mean, holy smokes, you want to go win a title, but 18 straight years. Yeah. What? That's that's incredible. Do you look at anything? I mean, I I told Coach this, and I, I think I even told you this. It was so cool for me, even though I completely crashed your meeting, just to see you guys, how you work together, and to see the camaraderie, and then also, as you mentioned, kind of where you can finish each other's sentence. But when you think about 18 straight years, what are some things that stand out to you that have kind of been the key to the consistency for this program? Well, it starts with practice, and, right. it, and like the word is consistency. Um, you know, we you tweak things a little bit as you as you go through time, 18 years of time, and you tweak things a little bit. You try and get a little bit better. You're always trying to improve, uh, keep up with, you know, whatever's going on in, in your industry. But I think that it is consistency, showing up every day to work, 
showing up to practice, ready to ready to get the the most out of everybody that's in the room, uh, creating a culture, which you know that probably is one of the things that stands out the most. Those first two or three years here, creating the culture that we knew would last and and stand the test of time, and uh, I think that is ultimately the reason we're so successful and keeping our staff together for 18 yeah. years is huge. Nobody's done that in the whole country in our sport. Uh, we are, we have the most, uh, tenure of any staff that have been together in our sport. And that, and like I said, that goes right down to our trainer, Jen. It, it's a huge, huge factor in, in the success. That's awesome. It's sticking together that long, not just, not just as a coaching staff, but in, in wildly successful coaching staff. So kudos. All right. We talk real quick about your event, your vault, uh, forty nine point six was the uh, team score. Is that about where you like it? I mean, everyone wants perfect scores all around. You want what fifty? But how'd you feel about the way that the vault went in the regionals? Uh, really good. Um, you know, I think we talked about this when you came to the gym uh, three weeks ago, and we were talking about vault. And KJ was like, "Well, vault's got to get better." And I was like, "Well, <laughs> thanks. There it is. Throw down. There the, we go. Throw down the gauntlet." <laughs> Uh, pressure, 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 <laughs> and she was right. And we didn't we didn't have all our people all year long. And we, like I said, we put Olivia back in there. Um, you know, the, just from the beginning to then, the the, the two people, Allie Stern, uh, moved her to the leadoff role. She's a senior. Uh, took her a couple couple performances to to kind of embrace that role. Mm-hmm. But then the last three meets, she's been amazing. Uh, and and it's been a huge huge part of getting that vault lineup moving moving the right direction. So it's it's been you know it's taken it's taken everybody's effort. And but but we're back to where we want to be on that event. Were you surprised? I, I was kind of surprised to see Minnesota slide in. Um, but I'm I'm glad they're there, right? No, no, they pretty no. consistent all year. No, I, again we expected that. That's the team we expected really? to come out of the. Re- I did. They're they're good on vault, which is a huge huge. Uh, you know, part of success and getting mm-hmm. getting to the uh, the championship. You know, and it, and it's based on a scoring concept of ten zero start values, um, and not everybody has them. So they they have it one. You know, a really really strong vaulting lineup, and they are a team. They have two kids on their team, two all arounders that are top ten all arounders. They're good at all four events, and and they're and they're extra kids. They're COVID kids, so they should have graduated last year, and they're on their team. And it's a huge, huge – they make huge contributions to that team. And, and they're a very, very good team, and they should not be taken lightly. Nice. So Oklahoma and Minnesota advance from the Norman Regional. Here's the other six teams. Florida, uh, Utah, Alabama, Michigan, all teams we've seen so far this season. Auburn and Missouri, or as some of y'all like to say, Missouri. It's going to be fun. You can get ticket information at Soonersports.com slash tickets. I think it leads you to the NCAA site, and they take care of it from there. Uh, Lou, two more before I let you go. Number one. I know you haven't had time to immerse yourself in it, but Mitch Trubisky, thumbs up, thumbs down. How are we feeling right now oh, as a Steeler fan? Uh, I knew you were going to ask me a Steeler question. Well, I got another one, too. I don't, so. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, obviously, he had mixed reviews in, in Chicago. Right. He was uh, super successful early on, and then, you know, the NFL, everybody figures everybody out in that league. Sure. So detailed, but um, I, I don't know. I'll give the guy a shot, keep an, op- keep an open mind about it and okay. see how he does. Okay, then here comes the other shoe. The rumor is if the Browns do decide to cut Baker Mayfield, that the first team to pounce would be the Pittsburgh Steelers. How would you feel about Baker 
in the black and gold. Uh, we would love that. <laughs> we would love that. Uh, Actually, I say black and yeah, a gold. It's I, I know they say that, but it's kind of yeah. more of a like a dark yellow, black and maize almost. Yeah, run run centric team that's always been run centric with a, a quarterback that can be super accurate. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a sounds a pretty good fit. To great me. great defense every year. Sounds like a good fit for uh, for a quarterback. Blue collar city, yeah, Pittsburgh. Blue collar. I mean, then of course he always same division chip on his shoulder with chip the, on his shoulder oh, revenge gosh. factor. Got I love it. Set up, uh, Lou. Hey man, I appreciate you. Yep. Hey, good luck. You got a weekend? Do you weekend off or do you, uh, uh, do you try to get away or have Saturday off? Oh, my nice. daughter, my other daughter, uh, Adelaide, uh, she plays volleyball and does track, uh, and she has a tournament down in Dallas Oof. for volleyball. So. I'll probably be spending all of my time off driving her down there, watching all day, driving back for practice just in the nick of time to get to the gym and, and have a practice. So. Nice. Toby was down in uh, volleyball with his daughter Chloe that last week. Some of these volleyball tournaments, intense. Yeah, I thought gymnastics was <laughs> cra- crazy dedication no. time-wise. These guys are in these tournaments all day long. <laughs> Never take a break. It's like, yeah. all right, here's the next game. You guys are playing again on the other court. Like, what? Yeah, gymnastics. Uh, you know the four-hour window right. your kid's going. You go home. You can still, you know, have a day. Volleyball? Volleyball, volleyball all day. Baseball can, all day. can be there until the sun goes down and comes up. All right, uh, Lou, congrats, man. I appreciate Thank you. Thank you. We'll take a quick timeout. We'll come back. JT Gasso coming up a little bit later on in the show, plus a recap of the national title game last night next. Sorry. <laughs> Welcome back into the Plank Show. We're rolling on a Tuesday. I don't get to see Lou very often. So whenever he comes up here, it's like literally he rolled in right on time perfectly. Lou Ball, assistant women's gymnastics coach. And then secondly, he's he's sports fan, so we got we got a lot of things to catch up on. That was good stuff. How are you? How are you, Josh Helmer? Good morning. Doing great. What a game. Just got back from Lawrence after he was I guess we didn't have too many problems last night from Kansas fans. Were they well behaved? No, but I mean, it didn't. Seem, it didn't seem as if anything got too crazy because I don't know how you react to a national championship win, Josh. But I immediately download the police scanner app and then tune to that city's <laughs> just police to department. check in and see what's going on. Well, I'm sure Mass Street was certainly wild There's last some, night. some great videos from that last night. Were they climbing light poles? I didn't. You know what? I didn't see too much of that. Now, again, I'll be honest with you. I was very tired last night. So after the title, and then we wrapped up with a post-game show at about 1 a.m., uh, by the time I was able to listen, it was a little bit quieter. Like We got a disturbance over here. We've got a man running around. Uh, Shirtless and pantless and hugging people is was the last one I think I heard. And so then I'm scrambling. I'm trying to record. I'm like, oh, Josh needs to hear this. And I fail miserably. But what a, what a game. I was going to pin an article for this show today called Dear College Basketball. By the way, if you're new to this show, I cannot stand those anymore. It's like, dear baseball, dear softball, dear – just, just say what you want to say. You don't have to write a letter. Dear Kobe. Just say, hey, Kobe Bryant was a great influence. Here's why. That's probably me becoming more of a curmudgeon old man. That's probably, I'd be like one of those dudes in the mentions that doesn't like you uh, 
pimping a home run or celebrating, right? One of those people. Just saying, I don't need a deer basketball. The deer college basketball piece goes over a little better if you're a Kansas Jayhawk fan today. But deer college basketball, what a fascinating season. You know, in the midst in the midst of talking about Kansas winning its fourth national title, and if you want to become kind of basketball-y about it and you want to talk about you know, what Kansas was able to do to turn the corner last night, how North Carolina was able to persevere with the the injuries and the lack of numbers. I mean, there's some really good X and O storylines from last night, which we'll get into throughout the day today. But I just – I really thought that it, it in that moment you realize, huh, college basketball is over. And for most people, your team outside of two and then four had been eliminated for a minute. I could do the math. You want to go back to eight, 16. But point is, a lot of team season has been over. But I got to be honest with you. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was, you know, having a full crowd back in most places. I don't know if it was seeing some of the Cinderella runs and then the, the Blue Bloods rising to the, the cream rising to the top as we got to the final four but I, I thoroughly enjoyed this entire tournament and this entire college basketball season I thought from start to finish it was a fascinating no one wanted to be number one for a while right you had big wins in places like like Auburn early in the season Gonzaga the regular season force that they've become you saw teams like Virginia Tech and Iowa get hot at the right minute you had memorable regular season games Listen, JT Gasso is coming up with us next, and we're going to shift gears drastically from not just this game not last night, but college basketball. But, hey, overall, Josh, I thought it was a great game. Or, I'm sorry. I thought it was a great season that then had the exclamation point of a great two two games involving North Carolina in the Final Four in the championship game. North Carolina Duke was tremendous, and North Carolina Kansas was a nail-biter last night, which – that's about as good as you can ask for for a national championship game. Was it a double overtime thriller? No, but, man, it was pretty good, wasn't it? You thought North Carolina had the thing at halftime up 15, but as soon as Kansas came out of the second half gates on the type of run that they did, give, gave themselves a, a chance and obviously were able to come away and win the national championship. I, I agree with you. I thought it was a terrific tournament start to finish with plenty of upsets sprinkled in along the way. The story of North Carolina as an eight seed yeah. getting to the championship game and gelling the way that they did was pretty amazing. And then you think about our national champion, Kansas. Was it really the first team that a lot of people mention most of this season? No. Certainly not for me. And, again, not for a lot of folks following the sport. It was your Arizonas, your Gonzagas, See, Auburn. You know, on and on and on. Baylor maybe as a repeat champion. And Kansas was, you don't say an afterthought because it's Kansas, but in terms of Kansas teams, this was the last one that I thought was about to win a national championship. But give kudos to those guys. They found a way to get it done, took advantage of a path that kind of opened up for them, and then obviously played great in the Final Four. And also a team that has a lot looming over it off the court. But that's for another time. Quick timeout. When we come back, thanks. Uh, by the way, thanks to Lou Ball. I, I love talking with KJ, obviously, every Tuesday. But 
And they've got a really, really cool staff over at women's gymnastics. And Lou's a, an incredible dude. I've, I mean, obviously, Tom Haley, who's been on with us many times, is great. We haven't had a chance to really talk too much to uh, Ashley, their volunteer assistant. You know, I met Melissa Simmons, their director of ops. She's awesome. Um, their, their athletic trainer, everything about them is just the best. So when we get a chance to promote them, we'll do it and we'll talk them up. Kudos to Lou Ball for coming in. But when we come back, best hitting coach on the planet, JT Gasso is slated to join us right here on The Ref. Oh, let's go. It's the Plank Show on a Tuesday. We are joined by JT Gasso, Sooner hitting coach. What's going on, JT? How are you on this Tuesday? What's up, Plank? I'm good, man. I'm good. How are you doing? I'm I'm really good. Uh, how was how was the birthday celebration this weekend? Phenomenal. Uh, just it's it's crazy. Time flies, but uh, yeah, it was it was fun. I went a little bit too hard on the bounce house. My <laughs> you know my joints are a little bit achy uh, last couple of days, but no, it was fun. It was great. Gracie uh, is. JT and Andrea's daughter turned four this weekend. Four. How is that possible? How is that humanly possible? But happy birthday, yeah. Gracie. Now, with that in mind, uh, just this this offense, I know flawless execution, right? You want perfection. But do you like looking back at games like Baylor and, and, and UAB, the Saturday game against UAB, the Sunday game against Baylor, to kind of see them get challenged a little bit and see them have to overcome some adversity, JT? Is that something that, it, I mean, in a roundabout way, we can say is good for these hitters? No, absolutely. And it's just one of those things where, you know, if every season's new and every season's going to have its own, its, own, its own challenges, then, um, you know, when stuff happens, you got to – you got to say that you have the experience, or you you've been able to um, execute in crunch time, and and that's something that you know when you look back on, you have it in your back pocket. Like you know, hey, we were able to do this. Um, what were we feeling? What were we doing? And and uh, just you know, call back on it when we need to. With with that in mind, um, are have you ever seen as creative of shifting? as what UAB used on Saturday. I know it's in the rear view and we're looking ahead, but, I mean, you had a second baseman playing right center field. You had a shortstop that was playing. We used to call it the rover position, and I could imagine that sometimes that can be a little mental for the hitters when they look out and see that. Yeah, um, you know, we kind of we knew that they were going to do that going into it. Um, we've seen, I know, like Morgan State, if you remember last year, uh their right fielder was in right center field. Their center fielder was in left center, and you know they just they move their outfield. So we've seen some stuff like that, and, um, and it's just you know something that maybe we didn't notice uh, at the, in the box, but right. we kind of knew what it was going to be um, going into it. It's just you know not taking what they were giving us and uh, just falling into that. But uh, but yeah, that's something we learned from, and and, uh, and we're going to get better from it. By the way, I just just kind of a little peek behind uh, how much I dig talking to JT. We're sitting here. We're going to talk softball, but all I want to do is ask you about Tiger playing in the Masters, why the Lakers suddenly stink, what the Eagles are doing in the draft. So I just want to make this very clear that we're going to talk some softball, but at least some point, JT, are we are we tuned in in twenty minutes from now to see if Tiger's going to play, or could you not care less? 
I am not a golf guy. I've uh, never been a golf guy. Okay. I don't. Um, I hate golf, and I. <laughs> I know. I. <laughs> I am so bad at it <laughs> that I can't get behind it. You know, like hey, stick me at the driving range. You know, I'll try and figure some stuff out. But it's one of those things okay. that are just so easy. You know, that it's like, how am I not better at this? It's like how there's the hole. Better? That's all I need to do is put this ball in that hole, and it's 100 yards from me. How come I'm having to hit it four times before I get it on the green? I live that. I don't know why. It's a great point. <laughs> <laughs> all right, then I'll steer clear of that, and I won't go down the NFL draft road because we know what that can lead to. But uh, how is this team re- – how have your hitters reacted um, to a-, a Sunday off and now getting back on the ground? I know it's very early in the week. It's only Tuesday. We've got a – Wednesday night against Tulsa coming up, and then a roadie to Lubbock. But how do you feel like this team has responded from the week that it was? Um, I don't, I don't know. It's, we haven't seen them yet. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But um, I, I know uh, the the one thing that about this season that is just so much different is this is the this is the first like normal, I guess, season that we've had right in mm-hmm. a couple of years. So. Um, last year with COVID, um, the amount of uh, games that we had was uh, reduced. So it was, you know, it was you you play Friday, Saturday, Sunday. You have the whole week to prepare, and then you play again. Basically, you know, basically um, what it was. Now with the midweeks and the travel and the stuff that we're this is more like what a normal season has felt like. And uh, it is just one of those things where, you know, the players are, are really realizing, like, taking care of your bodies and having those habits and routines set up to where um, you can just bounce back and get right back into it. So um, I, I know, like, these past two days have been really good for them. Um, they're, they're really, you know, taking care of themselves. And uh, when we step on the field for practice today, it's just going to be something that everyone's going to um, get after and, you know, we'll be ready for tomorrow. What what have you seen really click in Grace Lyons the last few weeks? Um, Grace Lyons, she it, it's just one of those things where she is so under the radar that it's, it's you look down and then you're like, oh my gosh, she's doing this, this, and that, and then <laughs> she had ten RBIs just, in two games. <laughs> that's what that's what I mean. Is you, you know she's just so under the radar and. The way that she goes about her business is so uh, professional. You know, like she she takes accountability for her, her bat. She is locked into her game plan, her approach. She's she is just doing all the all the little things right. And um, I think the big thing is when she doesn't get what she wants, she makes adjustments, and that's a really hard thing. Uh, I think for younger players to kind of learn. And the fact that she she understands what to do and how to do it is, I think, phenomenal and really um, helping her cause out a ton. Um, speaking of players who have really kind of clicked the last few weeks, Lindsey Elam obviously was you know battling for for playing time, and she's a she's a pro, right? She's the captain. She gets it, and Kinsey gets a little dinged up. She slides into the lineup. And JT, she's just not going to allow you guys to take her out of the lineup. I mean, we, we could go so many different directions on this, but how impressed have you been to see someone get 
and not as if she needed an opportunity, but when she gets in the lineup, just take advantage of it to the, the degree that Lindsey Elam has at the plate. Yeah, it's one of those things where, you know, you look at, if you look at trends, you look at, you know, her stats over the course of period, you can kind of make some assumptions and, and, uh, or, or make some predictions. But the one thing that she did, she made some mechanical, mechanical adjustments that have allowed her to get to, um, get to pitches a little bit better. And, uh, it's something to where it's just, you throw all of that out the window because now it's a completely different, you know, hitter. And I think for her, some of those things have just allowed her to to react a lot better to pitches and her at bats, and it's just adding to her confidence and uh, just overall uh, contributing to like the, the success. And she's able to talk to the people behind her. And I think the one thing is, um, in it, it's showing how adjustable and how coachable she is, and the fact that she can make you know she's a fifth year senior been here forever um and just at the you know drop of a hat she can make a quick adjustment and then not care what it looks like and then just go for it so i think it's more it says more to her character and her willingness to compete and be coachable than uh and all the other stuff takes care of itself is when you talk about making a mechanical adjustment at this point not just in the season but in her career is it something you saw on tape was it something that maybe she experimented with in a in a session in the cage I mean how we're not talking about a true freshman right we're talking about a a fifth year super senior that has played in a ton of games JT mechanical adjustments I would imagine sometimes can be hard to come by because you're set in your ways (laughs) yeah and uh (laughs) luckily she's getting close to it but we've we joke with them that, you know, by the time that you're 25 is when your brain stops developing. So she's still got room to, to do some things. So, you know, uh, she's getting close to that age. But, uh, but no, it was just something that um, it, it's one of those things where when they come back in from an at-bat or when they're swinging or whatever, they're just it's the, the dialogue of what are you feeling, what do you want to happen. And we just – she's – we've been – we've had that open – uh, conversation or open line of communication for her whole career. She's always wanted to get better, to learn. And so whenever she's feeling something, um, we can talk about it and then we can uh, make suggestions or, or experiment some different things that might work. And, and something stuck with her and she is just going for it. It's really cool to see it just take off. It is. Uh, we're hanging out with JT Gasso. One more, and I'll let you get out of here before we get the most important question, which is who are the Jets going to take it for? But just in general, this team is is accomplishing things that, again, in a back-to-back sense that we haven't seen in a long time. Do you get the sense that the locker room is is a, the clubhouse, if you will, that they're aware of just kind of where they are? Does it matter, JT? I mean, historically – you engineered the greatest offense in the history of college softball last year. And in 2022, they're putting up similar numbers. Is is that something you think that resonates with this team at all or is even a talking point? Uh, no, it's not. You know, because it's, you can't – I don't think you can rely on that stuff. Gotcha. Just, you know, we're just, you know, looking out, the, uh, looking out the front window and just moving forward. And – 
as great it is to look back in the review and and say, hey, that was all great, it's not helping us kind of as we're moving forward. So uh, there's just a lot different, a lot of different challenges this year, and uh, you know we're we're doing our thing and we're navigating this the scene as as we see it and. Uh, I like I like what we're doing. I think we're we're showing that uh, physically, and th- there's just so much talent and and so much uh, so many tools, so many options that we have this year that everyone is just competing and fighting, and it's just how can we maintain that uh, going into this month and May and, and continue it on uh, into the postseason. Is four too high for Garrett Wilson? Do you think he's there at ten? Because that's the buzz now. Ohio State receiver Garrett Wal- Wilson to the Jets. Uh, you know, I think we take Evan Neal. I think we go deep uh, D line, O line at one or in the at four, right? And then I I don't know. I don't think you can take a receiver at ten and like and get immediate help. Because I just I don't think that's the the need that we have. I would maybe go on the I, I don't know what they're going to do at ten. I could see them trading it too. I could too. Amassing a few more picks. All right. Hey, I always appreciate you, JT. Happy birthday to Gracie, and have a great week, man. I'll see you uh, tomorrow night at uh, at the ballpark. All right, bud. Always great talking to you. Thanks, my guy, JT Gasso. I did uh, send the hey thank you text way too early because I always. I type a lot of text that I don't send, and then I'll make sure to send it when it's done just so I don't I, – I think a thank you to anyone that comes on is a necessary thing. But I sent him the thank you text literally midway through the interview because I, I got a note from Patrick Dodd too. I'm telling you right now, two positions are going to be overdrafted in this year's NFL draft. Where I, uh, And not because I don't – I guess when you say overdrafted – that might lend someone to believe that it's not a very talented position, but I just think there are certain guys at the top of the D end and the wide receiver draft where you're going to see. Well, I guess D end isn't even fair. Maybe I, maybe I should say safety and and wide receiver draft that are so elite that I think they're going to go a lot higher than people are even considering right now. And I'm basically talking about. Kyle Hamilton out of Notre Dame, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave out of Ohio State. I think by the time this draft is over, we're going to look up and see where Olave and and Wilson go. We're going to say, how do they not win the national championship with those two dudes? Got injuries factored in, but all right, quick break. Thanks to JT. We'll have that up on the podcast coming up shortly. SportsTalk1400.com. In the meantime, um, let's let's do a little OU draft to our OU football talk next. What you are doing right now is what I call a very impressive balancing act where Josh is getting the JT Gasso podcast up now. Look at you. You like JT, don't you? That's what it is. Jameson Thomas Gasso. I do like JT. I like Lou Ball, too. I enjoyed it. KJ comes in every weekend or every week, and it's a blast. Um, So sometimes you get a chance. Maybe maybe Tom's awesome, too. Uh, she's brought Maggie. She had Maggie come in one time, so it's kind of cool. It's, it's two really incredible programs. The, I, I promised some Jay Vly here, so I do want to play it, but I loved what he said about Lindsey Elam. Right? Hey, when you're 25, your brain stops working, all right? You're getting close, but let's try this and see how it goes with your swing. And she's been incredible ever since. Absolutely incredible. 
So I'll, I've got some numbers cooked up on that I'll get for you in the top five stories of the day. But yesterday, Jay Valai met with the media for the first time, new Sooners cornerback coach, and he talked about finding his voice and finding his voice with his team. And by the way, he's got a great voice. 100%. I think as a man, just as a just like a, as a football player, you got to know who you are. You know, if, if you know, if I'm – if I run a 4-7, I'm not going to play like Deion Sanders. You know, you got to know who you are on the football field. So, you know, with Kanai, his size, his frame, his ability, he's got really good ball skills. He understands who he is. Just be that guy 24-7 and just work on the details, the finite details of your craft, right? Wide splits, divider rules, you know, all the context clues like you're reading a book. The same thing, the same ideology goes through in the football field as a corner or any position in general. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're speaking to you. You just got to look for them, you know? Uh, now he was asked, "Do we have time here?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got a little bit. We got thirty to hear about Kanai Walker. Uh, Kanai is a hardworking dude. His mindset's the right way. Uh, he fights and he's focused on everything he does. He's very intentional with everything he does as well, too. Big thing I want Kanai to do: you're a big corner play, big. You know, if you're going to be a physical guy, be physical. You got to have, you know, you got to have a brand when you're on the football field. And he's learning. He's finding that. And he's, it's almost like finding your voice when you talk as a coach. You got to find your voice as a player and your physicality and your mindset on the field, too. But Kanai's working his tail off. Uh, he's got a great upside and a great mindset. And, and time's always now. So for him, just fighting every single day and getting better, you know, fighting that fight. There you go. Oh, oh stop. Stop. A stop. <laughs> uh, I probably should have played the second question first, but you get the point. Because you know, Ryan asked a great question. talking about finding your voice, not just as a player, but as a coach, too. Dude, Jay Vlai is really good. He got a lot. He talks about his guys quite a bit and the recruiting philosophy. So when we come back, let's hit that. Let's hit some Bill Self. Let's hit some Kansas sanctions. Let's hit some baseball. It's all coming up right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. You know, one thing as we welcome you into Hour 2 of the Plank Show, thanks to – Lou Ball and JT Gasso for hour one. One thing that David McCormick really did, and maybe more specifically Ochai Obaji's defense, or what what did Charles Barkley always call him? Obaji? Gotta get that Obaji guy the ball a little bit more. <laughs> Charles. But it it really saved us probably from one of the greatest Goat and not greatest of all time. The goat used to be a bad thing. The goat was you ruined it. And some at some point we got smart enough to realize goat means G O A T greatest of all time. Like if you were the goat, you were the reason that a team lost a game. But was it who was it that stepped out? Was it Harris that stepped out? Was it yeah, Wilson? Yeah, Juan Harris. When Harris stepped out of bounds on the sideline. With five seconds left. Insert Stanford Steve. What are you doing? It had the potential to be one of the most amazing bonehead moves that we've ever seen. Like, how do you not? I understand maybe you think you're going to get bumped, and I know that it's a game of milli inches, and maybe if that official doesn't call it, you know, they're not going to go back and replay it. But it's just. It was. Oof. Poor execution all around. Poor execution to inbound the basketball right there. And then obviously for Harris, man, <laughs> how are you stepping out of bounds in, in that spot? All you got to do is get the ball inbounds and get fouled. That's it. There's 4.2 seconds. They're going to foul immediately. Just get the ball inbounds safely. Get the ball inbounds and don't turn it over. 
Don't step out of bounds. Don't pass it to the other team. Take you're, your foul. You're so right, though. I mean, that had the setup to be one of the biggest championship gaffes. There you go. In not just college basketball history. I mean, it would have been right up there with the Weber timeout. Yep. But in the pantheon of sports history for championships, it was going to be right near the top if North Carolina hits a three and wins in overtime. It would have been. I mean, I – okay. This is probably a show. But you guys, help me out. So I, we, we haven't really – we've been guest heavy, so I haven't thrown up the Air Comfort Solutions text line too much, 405 651 Three four three nine. I know it's irrelevant, but that had a chance. I don't think it's irrelevant. That had a chance to be one of the greatest championship-setting gaffes that we've ever seen in sports with hair stepping out of bounds and giving North Carolina the basketball back with the chance to tie the game. So Weber's timeout jumps to the front of everyone's mind, right? When he when – he, Coward, and when I say coward, it's just to kind of he was he was hunched over and called the timeout when they didn't have it. I, the, I mean, there's not too many more that if North Carolina Caleb Love makes a shot and then they eventually win the game, boy, it's hard to think of many that would be that championship causing. I know there's a lot out there, but they're just not popping to the front of my mind right now. We just you. You typically see games won or lost mm -hmm. based on plays, but in that championship game setting, you rarely see that type of mistake. You've had – I know some would say, well, think about the mistakes of guys like Barrett Robbins or you know Stanley Wilson. Okay, that's fair, but we're an in-game – relatively elementary mistake. I mean, I'm watching – and, and again, I I love and hate the app life. The thing that I love about the app life is I feel like I'm getting a better picture. I don't know why, but I just feel like I am. The thing that I hate, which drastically outnumbers the things that I love, is you're always ridiculously delayed. And – Twitter immediately with a, oh, my God, what just happened? Did he step out? I'm like, whoa, what? Ah, ah, what are we talking about? Meanwhile, Dave McCormick is driving in the lane to put up a little hook shot. I'm like, oh. So I was a little bit delayed, so I was expecting it whenever it happened. But still, even expecting it, I thought that maybe he got bumped near the sidelines or it was trapped or something. No. He just stepped out of bounds. Yeah, caught the basketball and was too close to the sideline and immediately stepped out. Now, they survived. Kansas wins a title, but big-time potential bonehead moment there. Oh, no no doubt. I, and they're fortunate that North Carolina didn't hit a shot or get fouled attempting a three. Mm -hmm. Here is what the Westwood one final call sounded like with Kansas winning the title. Huff looking. Huff finds Love. Love will put it on the deck with three seconds. With two, three at the top of the key. It is no good. It falls just short. And the last number one seed is the nation's number one team. Kansas for the fourth time in school history. Men's basketball national champions. The final score, Kansas 72, North Carolina 69.
Not bad. Not bad at all. Felt like the type of call that you have when you're advancing out of a regional. <laughs> yeah, it's like the number one stays number one. Yeah. Um, do you want to hear the Brian Haney call? Oh, no doubt I want to hear that. All right. This was courtesy of the Kansas Jayhawk radio network. To throw it in. Wilson will guard the entry pass. Carolina looking for a home run ball. Gets it into Love. KU not fouling. Love fades, shoots. He misses. He misses. And Kansas will win. It's a banger for Kansas basketball. Your Jayhawks are national champions. Ochaya Bonzi comes running over to give us a hug. Love you, brother. Ah, <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty awesome. Did you uh let's see. This Did was he, he he really went over there and gave those guys a hug? I believe so. <laughs> that is awesome. Here is the is this the North Carolina? I'm trying to get I I had all these organized and then well I I unorganized them. Here is Carolina's final call on the North Carolina radio network. And this was, by the way, in addition to his call, you might get some ambiance because this was inside the Dean's Close. Johnson to inbound. He gets it into Love. Love a couple dribbles. His three to tie it is just short. And that's it. Kansas. Down 15 at halftime. Outscores the Tar Heels 47-29 in the second 20 minutes. And collects its fourth national championship. So that play-by-play call from North Carolina. Also, Timothy Burke at Bubba Prague on Twitter. Uh, had a camera inside the Dean Dome, and, well, he didn't, but literally as the shot goes up, everyone's arms go up, and then you it's almost as if time froze and no one moves, and they're just standing there because they're all watching it on the Jumbotron, and then you just see a few people start to turn and leave. It's like, oh, man. It is gut-wrenching. Um, would you like to hear... I don't know. Did, did, uh, yes, I, yes, I want to hear all of it. Did did Toby do this already today? If if Toby did it, I mean, it's very much like a Simpsons did it thing, and I'm sorry, but here is the call from Poland on the game winning call. Manek dostaje całą całą serię zasłon. Lot ma jeden na siedem. Tylko airball i Kansas. Po 14 latach Kansas Jayhawks mistrzami. Jaki comeback od minus 15. We're really all that excited, weren't they? I heard the Russian call was pretty good. Let's see. Let's listen to the Russian call together here. This is final calls courtesy of radio networks around the world. Не так, Пап Джонсон вводит мяч. Джерин Уилсон мешает ему, и кто выходит? Менек пытается выйти, но он там застопорился. Лав, бросок на овертайм! И Канзас Джейхок становится чемпионами этого сезона 21-22. Ха. You don't say. Let's see if the Hispanic, the Mexican broadcasters bring it. They usually do. Макой сертаменте но сера. Tres, dos, Lop, con el intento, hacia la canasta, la pelota por un costado, damas y caballeros, 
Kansas Jayhawks. I got Kansas Jayhawks out of that. There you go. Um, there, a fascinating, fascinating night last night for college basketball. Now, before we move past this real quick, we're expecting Tiger Woods to speak any moment. I have the Masters feed up in here. He's going to announce he's playing. Will we be? Will we be able to? Oh, I can pull it up in here, can I? John Rahm is speaking right now, or at least that's where my feed is. So, do we now enter a world where the conversations, Josh, center around what's next off the court for Kansas? Or yeah, yeah, oh yeah. We- is the hammer going to drop? When will the hammer drop? What does that mean for this national championship? Is this a national championship that we're looking back on and it's vacated? This is a an article in CBS Sports. And and we were joking about this during a break. I almost felt during the entire NCAA tournament, there wasn't a lot of talk about Arizona. And Arizona's already paid its penalty, right? Oklahoma State has as well. Uh, what, North Carolina State is kind of in the middle of paying there? Who am I leaving out? LSU's paying LSU, a penalty. LSU, LSU doesn't have any basketball players currently on scholarship. Yeah, all of the scholarship guys are gone. Zero. Everyone's in the portal. But I, I bring it up because I felt like, not pointing a finger at anyone and saying it's anyone's fault, but I felt as if it kind of became a bit of a non-story. And then all of a sudden, Josh... Kansas won the national championship, and it became a major story this morning. There's a chance, right, uh, I guess this is Matt Norlander from CBSSports.com. But I just read this so I give it proper context. The win obviously comes with a looming situation for self in Kansas. The uncertain future has the potential to influence what self can do or wants to do. Kansas is awaiting punishment from the NCAA, and sources have told CBS Sports that it's likely that the damage will be severe and coming soon. A ruling on Kansas happening in the near future is probable. That makes sense? A ruling on Kansas happening. Yeah, there. This, of course, dates back to football scandal, blah, blah, blah. Um, There's a chance... Kansas could be banned from the 2023 postseason. But with title number two in the bag and self, again, conquering basketball, might it be a moment where he says, I'm out. I don't think so. I don't think so either. If all they're going to get is a one-year postseason ban, Mm -hmm. man, I think he just keeps going. No more Coach Krzyzewski. Right. Calipari, that's not what it looked like it was going to be early in his stay in Kentucky. Indiana's still nobody. UCLA, are are you really frightened of Cronin and company? Not in that he's going to be able to do it on a national level. Um, But I think think he'll dominate the Pac-12. Like, in other words, I – I think they'll consistent. I think Arizona and UCLA will battle in the Pac-12, and I think those will be the consistent three teams. But I get what you're saying. Like, do you look at it and say, "Man, I'm going to have to be battling those Mick Cronin teams"? No. I mean, last year was the first time a Mick Cronin coached a team really made a run. As someone who has picked a lot of Cincinnati Bearcat and Mick Cronin coached teams to make a run, it don't happen very often. Right now, today, the 
undisputed two best coaches in college basketball met in the Final Four, and that was Bill Self and Jay Wright. That's right. And you brought up something really good, too, because I, I, Kansas needed this because they shouldn't have been in the same level of national championships with where Villanova is, right, with their program. But it also magnifies Bill Self is – I mean, he's – He's the best that Kansas has ever had. He's the best Jayhawk coach ever. Yep, and – you know, the the easy thing for a lot of detractors to say will be he's, you know, the biggest cheater Kansas has ever had. Oh. Good news on Tiger. Are we yeah. all – He said it looks like as of right now I'm going to play. I, I know when Steely comes marching into studio, that's a good sign on Masters Why? Week. Why do they have the John Rom press conference up on the Golf Channel right now? What <laughs> oh, I, baby, giddy I, up. I turned it to, to golf because I figured they'd be all over it. Anyway, what Tiger's going to play. It's – Let's go. I'm so fired up right now. Though I kind of expected it. I just needed him to tell me. Though he did leave himself an out. It's almost like, I'm going to play. That's the plan right now. It is only Tuesday. I mean, maybe he – does he play in the par three? I don't know the rules of who does and does not play in the par three. Because it's not everyone, right? Or is it I everyone? Think, I, I don't know. M- okay. Maybe he will. Maybe he won't. I think it's sort of – I don't want to say it's optional. I don't think it's really supposed to be necessarily optional. But in Tiger Woods' case, I think they would understand if he's right. you know, not wanting to do the par three. And anyway, back to Bill Self. So in that whole scheme of will he step away if the hammer is dropped, no, I don't think so at all. Um, I don't think he'll look to go anywhere else. It, it will be very if, – if we're looking at this from the perspective of what does the short-term and long-term future look like for Kansas, well, the short-term is – and he's got a lifetime contract. I mean, Kansas in all of this gave one of the greatest shows of support to a coach or a program in the face of NCAA sanctions ever. I mean, they basically said, he's our guy. Give him a lifetime contract. Double up. Or we're doubling down. But also, you know, in this process, there has been a change of, of leadership. You know, there's been a couple of different athletic directors who have gone through this. Travis Goff is now in, and remember, Travis Goff came in, and he was from Northwestern and worked in the Big Ten, and everyone's like, they brought him in knowing they're going to the Big Ten. <laughs> yes. But I don't – I still think that's their hope. I think that's their hope, too. My point is, the only thing that would change, the only thing that would change any perspective I have on if Bill's going to be long-term beyond you know the, the sanctions at Kansas is – if in some way, shape, or form there's a flip in that athletic department where suddenly it goes from everyone seemingly having his back and supporting him to where suddenly there's a lot of fingers being pointed in as well. You know, now that we've seen this, we realize that Coach allowed this to happen and that to happen. That's the only way. As long as they support him, with, he's getting $10 million a year. Yeah. And he's still getting incredible players. And he just won a second and- national championship, which <laughs> – helps the defense team immensely, right? Absolutely. If you if you lose in the Sweet 16 to Providence, okay, well then maybe we're talking about a conversation where they say, let's wipe our hands completely of this. When you turn around and win the second national championship <laughs> you've won at Kansas, it becomes a little easier for the yeah. brass to stomach things. And, you know, that opens the door for him to keep this thing rolling for KU. You know, sure. I mean – Gosh. And transfer portal wise, I mean, listen. I know Remy Martin didn't have a great season, but 
You're telling me there's some guys on maybe even uh, Power 5 programs who just came off a great year with their team, but they didn't make the tournament or didn't make a run, would look at Kansas if Bill wants him and say, hey, let's go. You know, I, I want to go. I know Remy Martin, he got hurt, but they don't win a title without Remy Martin, and he may have elevated whatever draft stock he has or pro stock. Yeah. I, I guess our whole point is, for those who just tuned in, if there is that hammer that falls from the NCAA, right, and it's like you must vacate this title and you're ineligible for the next two years of the postseason, I don't see Bill Self ever saying, I'm out. I just I don't think that's going to be the case. Well, and he's only 59. He'll be 60 he's still, next December. So young. So young. In so the, the idea of him world. coaching 10 or 12 more years is not crazy. Very much a possibility and, I think, a reality. All right, you want to spend some time on Tiger when we get back? Ah, absolutely. Let me get. I did promise some Jay Valai. So, real quick before we go to break, the Sooner assistant coach was asked about the recruiting philosophy and kind of what's his philosophy yours, going forward. You always want to recruit to, to your, what foundation you want as a program, right? And uh, one thing, seeing the way, you know, Coach V's really established it here, you know, you recruit, you know, your champions, you also recruit your problems. So it's a two-way street in recruiting. And the guys are, we've been pushing on and focused on and really going towards, we want to make sure their mindset, mentality, and disposition fits with our culture. Because when you're playing OU, you're not, you know, you're not fighting a team, you're facing a culture. You know, it's a, it's a culture you're going against in everything we do. So, you know, we don't want to weaken that culture or bring people who don't fit with us. And guys who do can keep building and climbing and, and create what uh, the man coach Vinny loves, and that's what we want here in this program. Got more Jay Vali coming up. Gosh, there was someone that had texted into the Air Comfort Solutions text line that said, man, every time one of these assistant coaches talk, I feel like I get juiced up. It's not just the assistant coaches. It's everyone on the staff. It's awesome. Uh, quick break. We're talking Tiger playing in the Masters next. <laughs> All right, welcome back into the Plank Show. Let me give a <laughs> – I will say, as much as I laugh about it, the best thing that's ever happened in this show is me being able to see the text messages. I figured you would enjoy that, yes. I thoroughly. I want them in here. I just hate how often I would be wanting to respond to some of you. So, uh, great sponsors of this show. Let me do a little cleanup here. Van Hoos Fence, vhfence.com. Call Mark or Tessa today at 405-735-1167. 405-735-1167. Free estimates and customer satisfaction is their top priority. Get your fence back in shape before the summertime. Uh, and we had Lou Ball on with us earlier from the Oklahoma Women's Gymnastics Program. I was texting with Coach a little bit earlier. Uh, next week, 14th, is the start of the Final Eight, the Elite Super Eight, whatever term they use for women's gymnastics. And they would love to see a great crowd that's able to travel. What's crazy is we're gonna, we play in Austin. We play in Austin. Softball does the 14th, 15th, and 16th. And I always feel like we're close, but not quite close enough to be able to hit Fort Worth. I think we we might have been in Austin a couple of – well, oh, we were in Lawrence. We were in Lawrence, too, a couple of years ago, which is not close to Fort Worth, Texas. But you can get your tickets now at Soonersports.com slash tickets. It'll lead you to the NCAA link, and hopefully you can get down and support women's gymnastics. And is there anything high school related? I need to pump up. What do you have tonight? You got anything going on? I do, yes. Southmore Owasso Baseball, 6 o'clock. Check that out, moresports.com. TV. Owasso 
is very good. Yeah, they're like number three in the nation. They're really good. Um, I love talking Owasso baseball because then you start getting into the stories of all the previous greats. And next thing you're like, whoa, it's like been an hour. We've been talking about this. So have a fun call tonight. Are you going there? Are they coming here? Headed up to uh, Southmore. So okay, it'll be good. Not quite the trek up to Owasso, but still a, a nice little. And ride. we are fortunate for that. So here is the full context. Okay, now the headlines say Tiger says he's playing. Tiger Woods is playing, but. Here, here, here is, I guess you could say, the, the, the confirmation. Somewhere around here, far right. Nope, they got you. Yep. When, when, yep. when will you decide um, whether for sure you're, you're playing and what will determine that? Well, as of right now, I feel like I am going to play. As of right now. Um, I'm going to play nine more holes tomorrow. So there you go. That's, that's the announcement. But he did say, hey, I'm playing nine more holes tomorrow. Uh, unfortunately, where I was stealing that from, cut it off. But uh, CBS Sports HQ. But I, there still is like that out that is left in there for me a little bit, Josh. That makes me a little bit nervous. It's like, yeah, he said he's back. He's like, well, you know, as of right now, I'm coming back. Unless the pain after playing nine holes tomorrow is just too bad. Right? I just, at this point, though, he's played a couple of practice rounds. Seems like he's doing fine. F- Fred Couples, did you see his comments about Tiger Woods? Yeah. No, what Fred? Oh, he said he looked incredible, right? Because he was playing with him. Yeah. Played a, the practice round with Tiger. Said he looked tremendous. And Justin Thomas isn't the longest hitter on tour, but. It's not like he can't get it out there pretty good. And Fred Couples was saying Tiger Woods is flushing it right out there with Justin Thomas. So if he's doing that and he can walk the course, look, he's playing in the Masters. Here's a little bit more from Tiger. Okay, this one, I won't lie. CBS Sports HQ, thank you guys for posting these. This one got me a little bit juiced. Well, do you think you can win the Masters this week? I do. And what have you seen in your preparation that leads you to believe that? Well, I can I can hit it just fine, and I I, I don't have any qualms about what I can do physically from a golf standpoint. It's now walking so hard. Walking again, the seventy-two holes of walking, but and he knows Augusta, which is half the battle there. I thought this was really good, too. One more quick. Tiger Woods announcing that he's going to play in a roundabout way in the Masters, but this was good. If someone had told you in the first few days or weeks after your accident that you would be able to compete in this Masters with the expectation of winning it, what would you have said or thought? Well, at that time, I was still in a hospital bed, and I was that for the next three months. And so I never left that hospital bed, even if it was in my living room, for three months. So that was a, a tough road. And... To finally get out of that where I wasn't in a wheelchair or crutches and walking and still had more surgeries ahead of me. Um, to say that I was going to be here playing and talking to you guys again uh, <laughs> would have been very unlikely. Pretty cool. I feel like I'm having like this full circle life moment right now. I'm watching Bill Self, the first dude I really ever covered celebrate his second national championship. And I'm listening to Tiger Woods 
the mega athlete of our generation, right? The, mo- the most popular guy as far as not just his sport, but maybe society is concerned. Now talk about he's coming back after his horrific injury that he suffered in a car crash. Yeah, I mean. Said, what a wild day. A near-death experience. Yeah, there you go. He needs to be on that show, Cheated Death, or Cheating Death. I think it's an A&E thing. You ever watched that show before? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. You ever notice how I'm I'm falling down a bonfire trap here, but how one guy's like, and I almost couldn't finish walking because I was so tired, and then I found some water, and I drank it, and the other person is like, and then he shot me for a fifth time, and after he shot me for a fifth time, then he stopped, and you're like, whoa! <laughs> this is like one, a drastic difference. One, one person's story is terrible. One person's story is, and then a, you know, I had to walk up a rocky hill, and thankfully I saw a car passing by. The other, meanwhile, he hit me with his car, and then like, but no, it was a near death situation for Tiger Woods. And then you know the physical aftermath of it, where he almost had the leg amputated. He said, "Oh man, it's wild, absolutely wild." Tiger Woods really is the bionic man now. Back, leg, you name it, knee, You're right. ankle, <laughs> shin. <laughs> All right, uh, so that's the breaking news. There's the perspective on it. Tiger Woods chasing Jack Nicholas in his six Masters wins. Um, yeah, it's 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 an exciting time. All right, when we come back, let's hit some of your air comfort solutions texts. I've got more Jay Valai to get to. Plus, um, listen, we haven't even started hitting most of our audio from last night in the national title win for Kansas. And I was feeling some sort of way for Brady Manick last night. I was hoping he was going to knock down a game-tying shot there at the end. But we'll, we'll talk tournament as well next, right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. Yeah, always by example. Enough talk. A lot of people just talk and bark. And usually those guys eventually when they're talking and barking, they'll keep talking and barking and they'll be looking back and nobody's going to be behind them. So once again, you got to lead by example. People respect that. You know, If you're going out there and you're working, I'm going to respect you. I'm going to listen to you. If you're just talking and, and not being about it, you know, you're just a guy. You know, and you're going to be replaced, you know. So, big thing I told Woody all the time is, you know, you're talking, you're leading, but you better be doing as well, too. And that's just general across the board in any part of life, any facet of life, whether you're a coach, whether you're, you know, uh, uh, a president of an organization, you're president of the United States, you better walk that walk, you know. So, that's just got to be your mindset in everything you do. Dude, I mean, come on. That's Jay Valai, Sooner cornerbacks coach. Let's play some football. What do you say? Do you kick off next week? We are now, what, 18 days away from the spring game, April 23rd. I still – I'm really excited. I, full disclosure, I love the spring game. The, the spring game is one of my favorite weekends of the year. Um, I haven't been able to go to two of the last three because of – and that's fine. Listen, I, there, there's a higher priority for me at this point – with softball, personally, but, I mean, I want to be there, right? You want to be a part of it. You want to be in it. You want to be interviewing the players. You get access unlike you've ever had before at the spring game. And, I mean, from a very, very selfish point, it was at that game in 2011 that we all worked together for the first time and thought, hey, this might work, and the rest is, has been history on the broadcast side of things. So I, I'm so excited for the spring game because – I can't wait to see guys like Jay Valai, and, and I don't know. Maybe he's going to be in the booth, so I won't get to see it. Or a Miguel Chavis, and to see Jeff Lebby, which, again, I don't know. I, I get the sense Jeff's going to be on the field, 
based on some of the things that we've seen. I could be wrong. Uh, Todd Bates, yeah, Brandon Hall, all these. I can't wait to see these guys and kind of how they handle that. Because can you imagine, Josh, with the energy that Brent Venables has brought and the passion that he has brought, what that's going to feel like to get out there and it's – I mean, I'm not trying to put a number on it, but I'll just say 40,000 Sooner fans. I mean, I, I expect more than that. But could you imagine what that would look like and what that energy is going to be like? Oh, it's unreal. The spring game this year, the the energy inside that stadium is getting ratcheted up, getting cranked up a notch. So much excitement for Brent Venables, this staff, these players. Yeah, it's it's going to be good, man. I'm looking forward to it. Did you want uh, one more quick one here before we hit some of the Air Comfort Solutions text, which is always the best way to get in touch with the show. 405-651-3439. That's 405-651-3439. Uh, he talked about Kenai Walker. Uh, we'll get more of that later in the show. He, he talks about DJ Graham and kind of how their relationship now, it's a full circle moment, a little bit on Woody. But how about the depth in general? Because I feel like when we talk cornerback for Oklahoma, it's – Got to hope Woody can stay healthy, and DJ Graham has incredible potential, right? You don't hear much, and now you've got a the the what is it, Colton kid that's coming in from from Wyoming who's not here yet, so that kind of concerns you. You think about that preparation, getting ready for the season, not being here for the spring. You got Kenai Walker, who again he'll talk about. What about some of the other guys? Are there younger guys that are starting to make an impact? Oh, yeah. Or well, way more than three guys. You know, uh, everybody's eating and working. You know, you look at a guy like Kendall Dennis, had probably one of the best picks I've ever seen in my life in one-on-one the other day. Uh, but he's got to work on his details of the line of scrimmage, right, and understanding, once again, you know, my call alignment stands key responsibility, my cast car in every call, right? He's got to understand that. Josh Eaton, good length, good size. He's made some good plays on the ball this time, too. But one same thing for him is understanding – what is my responsibility in the call? And he's getting better with it as well, too. So he's grown. And we talk about Kanai and, and Woodrow and DJ and JD, like you just said with him, too, playing, you know, the way he's been playing, which has been pretty good, breaking on the football and understanding who I am as a corner for him. You know, if you, you ain't 6'2", don't play it, you're 6'2", you know. Working at the line of scrimmage because the deeper the ball goes, the smaller you get. And uh, I know that, too. So understanding, you know, creating turbulence at the line of scrimmage, you know, pre-step, moving around, taxiing, and just giving yourself a better opportunity at the play by playing chess to the checker. So J.D.'s been really working on that as well, too, in, in fitting uh, what he needs to get done on the field. Wow, there's a name I hadn't thought of in a while. Jaden Davis. Jaden Davis came on with us prior to the Texas game and did the, did the I guess you could say, our Monday or Tuesday car wash where he we interviewed him, he, he did the podcast with me, it was fun. And I don't know if he stepped on the field again after that. <laughs> I think he got, he got a little bit sideways at the Texas game uh, with and, and maybe some things with the staff, maybe some things with his detail. But he is a guy that we've seen make some plays in the past. So there is a Jaden Davis mention in there. And I love that line, the deeper the ball goes, the smaller you are. You know, don't try to play and be a 6-1 corner if you're not a 6-1 corner. <laughs> you can't do that. It's just not physically and I guess you could say numbers-wise possible. But, I mean, I hadn't I thought of Kendall Dennis in a while to hear his name mentioned. I am just an unabashed homer. For Josh Eaton, I think that he's got 
incredible upside. But again, attention to detail, understanding the call, understanding your responsibility, and then take advantaging, uh, taking advantage of those opportunities when they arise. Yeah, they've got some talented guys back there. Obviously, we think returning their two starters in DJ Graham and Woody Washington, then you start going on down the line and the options you have beyond that with the Jaden Davis, with the Josh Eaton. We'll see about some of these, you know, signees, early enroll early enrollees, if they can have an impact this season for Jay Valai in Oklahoma. It'd be great if, if one of those guys emerged. Yeah, it would be. But there's there's a lot of Jay Valai from his press conference yesterday Who, when he met with the media. Maybe I'm crazy on this, but listening to his audio cuts – to me, sounds a little bit like Alex Grinch. Okay. Yeah. Let's go back here. What happened? We haven't played him talking. He did call Woody Woodrow, which I uh, do kind of respect. Let's see here. This Here's a little bit on Woodrow. Yeah, Woody's a vet, obviously, and he's been a part of the game. He understands the game, and he has a high level of one-two. Uh, once again, for Woody, the biggest thing is working his details and understanding the craft and, once again, his fitness <laughs> defense. And Woody's been busting his tail, always asking questions, being intentional, and uh, being a good leader for the whole entire room. And the thing he doesn't want to do is just be a guy. Huh. He's got a little bit of that, like, rasp raspiness in the voice you know what's funny is i usually have like eight thousand cuts with alex grinch and lincoln stored on my computer but i think i got mad and bloom all (laughs) that's good yeah you need it too well that's a good because i was sitting here while he was talking and i'm like ah that's not odom that's not that's not roy manning and then you saying it's alex grinch like whoa that's it alex grinch all right quick break when we oh wait hold on anything there you want to jump on before the break I did promise some text messages I, I thought this was interesting Chris and Josh is the Alston Mason going into the transfer portal is OU set to be fine with Cortez in a point guard coming in in the 2022-23 class that's from uh, Curtis B uh kind of out of my wheelhouse here Curtis B but I appreciate the question I would say it appeal it appears like they are I mean I maybe for and maybe for Austin, he saw other opportunities somewhere else. Maybe he just – it wasn't what he envisioned when he got here. I don't know. You know, I'll say Porter Moser, damn good coach. But he's going to – you got to learn, man. You got to dive into it. This is not just a, an offense that's like, yeah, run some motion. I mean, this is – there's there's plays. There's science. There's not a – there's not a funny little car that he just holds up. I mean, this is an in-depth attack that you need to understand and study for. I'm not saying anything It's awesome, but sometimes it might not be for everyone. Um, I, f- I feel pretty good about where they are going forward. But I know that, you know, this is the life, right? What, who is it? Milo Susan that's coming in? Yeah, and I was blanking on that name trying to remember. I mean, s- to answer your question, so much of it depends on does Milos Uzan look like an ESPN top 100 player? That's what he's built to be. It's what pretty, ma- pretty much anywhere you look in the recruiting world where he's ranked. So I think they're okay. B. John Cortez, to me, based on what I've seen so far, and we'll see if he can grow. But right now I, I kind of look at B. John Cortez and say, very, very good backup point guard in the Big 12. I'm not ready to say that. B. John Cortez, based on what I've seen, is a standout point guard in the Big 12 Conference. But, yeah, Milo Susan coming in is big. And I don't – 
I, I got to be honest with you. It's, I don't know how college basketball people that cover recruiting or that cover the transfer portal do it because the season's over, but you, you, you're going to have like three different waves of portal in college basketball, right? Got the end of the season. You'll have the end of the semester. You might have the the midsummer part of things whenever guys start re- reporting and either grades don't match or someone gets. I mean, you've got, and I know it's every sport, but I don't. Texas this year was a team that had what four dudes. Texas Tech the same way that essentially reshaped their team that they acquired in in May. I mean, that's why way too early top 25s are so dumb right now in college basketball. Think about this, too. I, I, I almost brought this up earlier, and then we shifted to something else. Go ahead. Not to the same degree, obviously, as either Texas or Texas Tech, but each of the two teams in the national championship game had a transfer, a heavy yeah. transfer portal influence on them. Remy Martin was gigantic for Kansas, and Brady Manick, North Carolina doesn't get there without him. Mm. All right, when we come back, when we come back right here on the ref, let's wrap up hour number two. Again, Tiger Woods has has announced he's coming back. Obviously, that's big for our golf show, The Gimme Zone, and for the Steel Band coming up next. We got NFL news, more Jay Valine, but let's uh, let's hear a little Bill Self postgame next. I didn't even think about this being April 5th. They're kind of what four oh five day. Well done. Nice. Nice. I hadn't thought of that. Am I still allowed to claim the four oh five having lived here since twenty fifteen, but still owning a nine one eight number? Is that allowed? Or not? Do I need to officially shift to a four oh five number in order to have that? I would claim the four oh five and I've got a three one six. So there you go. What's there also five oh eight, five eight oh out there? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so we wanted to play a little Bill Self here quickly before the top of the hour, but I loved off the Air Comfort Solutions text line, which is the best way to get in touch with the show, 405-651-3439. I had to laugh about Bill Self. Uh, let's see, one, two, three, four down there, Josh. It says, stop the talk about Bill Self and greatness. It is clear he is one of the biggest cheaters in college basketball history. I don't. I don't know if I would say that. I would say the allegations are up there. Um, the allegations are up there amongst some of the more problematic. But, bro, I mean, you, <laughs> I don't think you could put Bill Self in the biggest cheater in college basketball category of all time. I mean, there's – I look at, look at Tark and UNLV back in the day, and I love those teams. There was some underhanded stuff going on there. But if you want, you, there's going to be a hammer that falls, and if you if you listen to the buzz that's out there, it's going to fall pretty quick. They waited just in time to get Ochai Abaji and Christian Brown, Mr. McCormick, and Bill Self a national championship. That was courteous of the NCAA. <laughs> uh, did Bill Self ever get asked about it last night? I don't think he did, but he was talking about why this means so much to this team. It means the most to the school and the players. I mean, uh, and it should. Uh, it means something extra special for for my family and me is because of of the you know we lost our father and he was all of our heroes and and uh, and it also means a lot for me for my mom 
because, you know, she's kind of put living on hold for the last several years uh, uh, taking care of dad. So uh, it was a special night for our family. Really cool. See, I, I tend to think about that as opposed to go get him on the Adidas stuff. Maybe I'm the terrible person. All right, quick break. Top five stories of the day coming up next. More Jay Valai as well on the Plank Show. Tiger will tee off at 9.34 on Thursday morning with Louis Oosthuizen and Joaquin Neiman. Should I know him? Joaquin Neiman. Thank you. It's not Jacqueen. It starts with a J. I'm kidding. I grew up as a Cardinal fan, walking and who are okay. Who, uh, Louis Oosthuizen, you said was the other one? Correct. That's an interesting little trio there. Don't care. Tiger's in it. No, I'm kidding. That's big story number five, so I don't want to get too carried away here. I want you to be able to talk about it. Is that 934 Eastern or Central? Central. All right. Just just double check. I need that for my... So you know what's great about it and awful about it is it's live during the show on Thursday. So we can watch it. And then we get the Friday afternoon. Dude, we're, this week is now... Has, it's got a snail's pace. Let's go! Let's get to Wednesday. Let's get to Thursday. Hour three is brought to you by the good people at Rooftech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for over 30 years. Call Josh Tucker at Rooftech for all of your roofing needs, 405-703-4245. All right, let's go. Um, Big story, number five. Number five. Tiger's back. Tiger, do you have the cut that Steel Man pulled for us? I do, yeah. Uh, So here was the essential reason why because not only is he back josh but he feels like he can win the thing it has and um when i i decide to hang it up when i feel like i, I can't win anymore and that that'll be it uh, but i feel like i can still do it and uh, i feel like i still have the hands to do it uh, the body's moving good enough uh, i've been in, in worse situations and played have won tournaments now uh haven't been in Situations like this, where I've had to, you know, walk and endure, you know, what I'm going to, you know, try and endure, that's going to be different. It's a different challenge. But um, my my back surgeries that I've had before and the stuff I had to play through, um, even going back to the the U.S. Open when my leg was a little bit busted, uh, you know, those are all times that I I can draw upon that I was successful. Um, how I've learned how to block things out and focus on what I need to focus on and. Uh, that's certainly going to be the challenge this week. Man, that kind of gets you fired up. Been there, it not? done that. Dang, that's good stuff. Tiger Woods announcing he's playing. So now we know the pairing. The only potential backslide is if there is any setback during his nine today. Did you see the crowd? I, I know I've brought this up a couple of times, but the crowd following him during a practice round a practice round josh elmer was ridiculous i loved what i think it was espn what they wrote about it that (laughs) there were thousands of folks in attendance as the defending champion hideki matsuyama walked onto the course but they weren't watching matsuyama on the course they were following tiger woods what they're supposed to be doing and then what they ended up doing were two completely different things Love it. So, there you go. Uh, if you needed a reason to get juiced for not just the Masters, but for the Gimme Zone on Saturday morning, now you've got it, ladies and gents.
it's not like we were going to miss out on the Masters anyway. But what a night. April's my birthday month, so I've always loved April, right? Birthday celebration, another year older. But it is a sneaky good sports month. The national championship for men's basketball usually on the Monday night. Sometimes the Final Four will leak into April like it did here this year. Got the NFL draft, which I'm crazy about. Baseball's just getting underway. I mean, it is. It's a good one. It's all kinds Masters. of Masters. Awesome. All kinds of awesome. All right. Big, uh, ma- well, and there you go. The Masters as well. All right. Big story number four. Number four. We got OU baseball tonight. And after pretty strong storms over the last 24 hours and a rather consistent rain, we're going to be in good shape. Everything has moved out. OU's got ORU tonight. And, hey, I, I heard Toby and TJ, if you have – no one is new to this station because I'm here uh, in Norman or Oklahoma City. But maybe you found the station because of us in Tulsa. Uh, if you're missing out on T-Row and TJ in the morning and you're an OU baseball fan, you are missing out. Regardless of, of how big of a fan or what level of fan you are, I love hearing these guys talk OU baseball. And when you're having a conversation at the midpoint of the season and that conversation centers around the possibility of hosting a regional, it's a pretty big deal in my book, Josh. That's the kind of that's the kind of expectations that we have every year. Win the Big 12, compete for a championship, host a regional, put yourself in position where in a three-game Super Regional, you'd put your staff up against any other team in the country. So a bounce back potentially tonight against an ORU team that historically has given Oklahoma fits and then leading into a monster series this weekend against Oklahoma State. Knock on wood here. OU's perfect in the midweek, right, to this point of uh, the season. Is that correct? OU is perfect in the midweek to this point in the season, is correct. So, Dallas, Dallas Baptist in what? Oklahoma State? So not, And then they had a couple of uh, mid-major teams that they squared off against. Yeah, why not? So keep it rolling versus ORU and get back on the right track heading into what will be a gigantic Bedlam series this weekend. I loved what I saw from a couple of the starting pitchers last weekend for OU. And, you know, really, even though they lost that Sunday game to Texas, able to manufacture seven runs, uh, well, eight runs, right, in that game versus Texas, seven runs early. So I like what this team is doing. It's a big week for them to try and keep the, you know, momentum rolling. It was a good week last week. Beat ORU tonight and set up for a big, big bedlam. Historically, let me see, I've, I always try to dig. The numbers between OU and ORU are always fascinating. Yeah, it's the 79th meeting between the two teams tonight. The Sooners hold the overall edge and won last year in a game that that finished 14-12. to ORU scored eight runs in the first inning and two in the second. It was 10-4 to after two innings. Um. But OU is 11-8 and eight overall against ORU since 2010, so it's been tight. We'll be on the air right here on The Ref, locally, Sports Talk 1400, with a 6 p.m. pregame show. So right after Teddy and Tyler, straight into T-Row, live from Mitchell Park. All right, big story number three. Number three. I think I'm stupid. I'm just going to throw that out there. I, I, I can't 
for the life of me figure out the benefit for either team in this Eagles-Saints trade. It just, talking NFL draft, and I've looked at it, and I've squinted my eyes, and it seems so natural. It's like, well, of course, it's, it's great for New Orleans. They picked up an extra first-round pick. And you're like, is it? It's, it's, it's pick 19. It's not pick 10, 9, or 8. It's pick 19, and you gave up a second and your first next year? I – and then I stop and I think about it, and I'm like, well, pfft. So Philadelphia is going to give up a trade in this year's draft for a, or a pick in this year's draft for a pick in next year's draft that's going to probably end up being about the same spot, right? <laughs> this I mean, is just trading picks to trade picks, I think. That, and everyone's like, oh, man, seven, seven pick trade just took place. And then the Eagle fans are, are, are mad because they wanted to see him get three impact guys. And yeah, so- I'm not sure it was all that great of a trade for Philadelphia. It's getting made out like – New this Orleans was, robbed them, or, or that they robbed New Orleans. Sorry. Right, it's getting made out like this was some big coup for the Philadelphia Eagles, and you know we'll see. It's it's not as though necessarily they lost a draft pick in the deal. They they picked up the second rounder, but man, I, I just to have three first rounders this year, and to to basically now there's a good chance that first rounder next year. That, that you're getting is not going to be as good. Right. And the second rounder is a second round pick. I don't know. Now, if you if the Saints struggle, then you look genius. Sure. Right? But, and Sean Payton's gone. So, you've got Jameis back at quarterback. Dennis Allen didn't necessarily light the world on fire the last time he was a head coach. But it's also, it's a division that, I mean, let's face it, has seen – quite a bit of upheaval I mean and you as a this is just my philosophy okay and you guys can disagree with me if you want I know everyone thinks Marcus Mariota is incredible but the dude can't stay healthy it's it's just the reality of it so New Orleans is going to be better than Atlanta and guess who else New Orleans is going to be better than next year Carolina so I just I, I don't understand this trade if I'm Philadelphia. And everyone's like, oh, the, the Saints got fleece. And I'm like, did they? I mean, this is a this was nearly a playoff team this year, and they had Trevor Simeon as their quarterback for games last year. It's going to be interesting to see what they do now, New Orleans, with these picks in this draft. There there's a lot of a lot of the buzz yesterday was that they wanted to get in front of the Chargers so they could draft an offensive tackle. Yeah, Charlie Cross is the big name there, the Mississippi State offensive lineman. So we'll see if that is in fact the case or if they wanted to get up a couple of slots to draft a quarterback. See, that's what I think. And, oh my gosh, that was my last tweet. I haven't tweeted anything about the show today. God, I am lazy. Uh, Thor Nystrom is a dude that I've started following. He's, I mean, we'll probably get him on the show. But in his mind, and he went through the whole value chart, which I couldn't care less about, he thought the Saints were officially throwing their hat in the quarterback ring this year. That's what I thought. And I could see a situation, you know, noted draft expert JT Gasso was on with us earlier, and we were talking about a situation with the Jets at 10. 
and what could happen there at 10. Well, who's to say that the Jets, you know, maybe sitting at 10 or, or maybe it's four, but the Saints don't have a future first. But maybe the Jets sitting there at 10 say, okay, um, we'll take your two first round picks, New Orleans, 16 and 19, for you to move up to make sure that you get your quarterback. But I don't. There would have to be a second move. There has to be because you've got to get ahead of Carolina, and I, I almost feel like you have to be ahead of Atlanta if you're trying to get the quarterback you want. Yes. It, it, this doesn't, at least so far, doesn't feel like a move that New Orleans is making to draft the quarterback because you only leapfrogged what? You, you only leapfrogged the Chargers in Philly? Yeah, it's, it's a move that's either really to, to get ahead of the Chargers for an offensive lineman, which by pick 16 – you're probably getting the third or fourth best offensive lineman on the board, or it's a precursor to another move where they're going to continue to amass picks to try to make a big move up. To get their quarterback of the future. But yeah, it was a, what, seven picks, eight picks total overall in the deal. And as I'm, I'm sitting there because <laughs> I was doing a, a radio show with Sean Farnham yesterday from ESPN, and he goes, well, who moved up? I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it looks like New Orleans moved up two spots, but that's it. I don't want to downplay this thing. Yeah, go ahead. But it was funny yesterday watching NFL Live as all of this was happening. And Schefter came on, and they've got the whole set breaking this thing down with Orlovsky and Mina Kimes and everybody. Guys, this was not a blockbuster trade. Oh, we've got massive news in the National Football well, League. Well, okay, there's a great point, too. Listen, I, and I know we got to get on to, to big story number two, which is a lot of Jay Valai, and then, of course, a Kansas recap. Well, in fact, let's just big story number two. Number two. Fall down on three, and I want to make this point. Uh, Jay Valai cuts. All Jay Valai cuts coming up uh, right after the break. And then big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Number one, of course, is the – Kansas Jayhawks won the national title. But just to, to make sure I don't get too carried away without giving you big stories two and one, I'm live on the air and I'm watching this, and ESPN hits the breaking news. Breaking news. The yellow, the yellow scroll on the bottom turns red and starts flashing. I'm like, okay. In my mind, I'm thinking, Tyron Matthew? DK Metcalf? Right? There's a lot... Matthew could be – he's in New Orleans today meeting with the Saints. Which, by the way, he was with his family, I think, at the Final Four and watching the National Championship game. He's like, oh, I'm in New Orleans. I'll see what's going on there. They're on vacation. With the way that Schefter first jumped on and started talking, big breaking news out of the National Football League. I thought – I thought there was a bigger trade that was going down. <laughs> yeah, like I thought Baker Mayfield was about to get moved or There you go. Something. There's another one. I mean, and that one was kind of like not even in my mind. And they go – and they lay out all the picks. I'm like, ooh, someone moved up to 16. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's... And it literally took me like 20 minutes to realize they, they gave up a first-round pick to next year to, to, to essentially move up two spots and get pick 19 in the NFL draft. A lot of great players have been picked in the lower edge of the first round. But to me, you're giving up a future asset like that, a first-round pick. And a second. And a second? In order to basically get a spot that is the last team that didn't make the playoffs? <laughs> I mean, that, or I'm sorry, the first pick of the wild card losers, I should say, because that was actually Philly's very own pick that they traded to him. It, it made no sense to me. <laughs> I, 
I love the draft. I love it. I'm all in on the draft right now. But I was completely and utterly just jaw-dropped by how dumb that trade seemed to be for both sides. I'd love to see the Chargers <laughs> make a trade and just leapfrog them right back. Well, I, I think back to the Raiders did this. The Raiders did this one year. Uh, it was many Daryl Russell, may he rest in peace. The Raiders moved up to number two because they were thinking they could get Orlando Pace at number two. And, like, the Rams traded in front of them, like, the night before the draft and ended up getting the number one pick and took Orlando Pace right out of, from underneath him, and he ended up having a Hall of Fame career. Meanwhile, Daryl Russell, really good, RIP. But, yeah, it, I, I've seen it happen a lot. Heck, there's there's another Raiders story. In what year was, what year was Dak Prescott drafted? Right? What was that like? Eight, seventeen? Well, not I think it might have been sixteen, sixteen or fifteen. Whatever it was, the Cowboys were dead set on drafting Connor Cook. Um, what year was? You got it pulled up. Is a little bit. I think it was sixteen. You're right. So the Raiders were dead set on getting Connor Cook. So they traded in front of the Cowboys in the fourth round because the Cowboys wanted Connor Cook. And, and the Cowboys are like, well, I guess we'll take this Dak Prescott guy out of Mississippi State. Meanwhile, Connor Cook isn't even playing in the USFL <laughs> Yeah, anymore. it worked out okay for, well Dallas. for Dallas. Was not the initial plan. All right, 11-20. I owe you Jay Vali. I owe you highlights from the NCAA championship game last night. Let's get him next. Plus, really good text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. It's a busy Tuesday, a championship Tuesday for the Big 12 and Kansas fans. We'll go in-depth next. Father of mine, take me back to the day. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Fowler Auto Group is proud to be a part of your community where our passion and values lie far beyond the show. We believe that families, sports, art, and culture are at the heart of every thriving community. And it's important to us that we help build the communities that our dealerships call home. Stop by any of our six Oklahoma dealerships or visit FowlerAuto.com to see the Fowler Standard hard at work. We pride ourselves on being friendly, helpful, honest, and fair. That is what drives us every day. Fowler Auto Group, a proud partner of OU Athletics. Weather can take a toll on your fence. The name to know is Oklahoma's premier fence company, Van Hoos Fence. Van Hoos specializes in residential and commercial fencing in the OKC metro area. From chain link to vinyl fence, wood fence to railings, and specialty fences, Van Hoos does it all, and more importantly, they do it right the first time. Call Van Hoos Fence right now, 405-735-1167, or visit vhfence.com. Van Hoos Fence, their perfection is your protection. When the Sooners hit the diamond. Line shot, left field, base hit. Win column, Sooners, game over. We have you covered on the Sports Talk Network. That's hammered to left and deep, and it's a grand slam. This is your home for OU baseball. Sports Talk, 1400 AM and 99.3 FM. The Sports Talk Network, the home of Sooner fans. Catch them all, young man. The Red Sports Radio Network. The NCAA Men's Gymnastics National Championship is coming to Norman, Oklahoma. Join us at the Lloyd Noble Center on Friday, April 15th and Saturday, April 16th. Don't miss your chance to watch the best teams in college gymnastics compete for their chance at an NCAA title. Bring the whole family. All session tickets start at just $10 for youth and seniors and $25 for adults. For tickets and more information, visit Soonersports.com tickets. See you there. 
The Women's Choice Awards are in for 2021, naming Norman Regional Health System as one of the country's best hospitals in multiple categories. These awards put Norman Regional in the top 10% in heart, stroke, and emergency care in the country. Norman Regional undergoes rigorous evaluations and prides itself on offering personalized care that caters to the needs of women. Visit normanregional.com to learn more. Hey y'all, I'm Blake Shelton. Being from Oklahoma, I know a thing or two about natural disasters. Tornadoes are common where I'm from and have affected my life and the lives of people I care about. No matter where you live, be aware of the dangers in your area and have a plan. You can create an emergency kit, come up with an evacuation plan, and know where to seek shelter. You never know when a disaster may hit. These simple steps can help save a life. This message is brought to you by the U.S. Air Force. Hi, I'm Matt Klaus, Market President of Alliance Bank. It's not easy running a small business. Equipment breaks, receivables aren't coming in quickly, and there's always the dreaded task of payroll. At Alliance Bank Norman, we offer small business owners products and services to help get these financial obstacles out of your way so you have more time to do what makes your business money. Stop in or call us today at 405-286-5750 and we'll help your small business make a big impact. Have you or someone you know suffered a loss to your home or business from the recent storms in the southern Oklahoma areas? Before you accept a settlement, call Brown O'Haver at 405-735-5510. Brown O'Haver is a local-based company helping Oklahomans with claims since 1988 with preparation and expert analysis detailing your loss and insurance settlement. Brown O'Haver can give you peace of mind and make sure you're getting what's yours. Call Brown O'Haver today, 405-735-5510, and make sure they're working for you. All right, your choice, your choice, dealer's choice. We did tons on Tiger Woods' return in the top five stories of the day. We talked a lot about OU baseball tonight, 6.30, against ORU at home. And we went in on that just breaking news of yesterday with the NFL trade. Um, but here's the question I have for you, Josh. Would you rather hear more from... Jay Valai, or would you rather do some post-game wraparounds from the championship game last night? Let's save the wraparounds post-game for next segment with the news. Okay. And let's hear some Jay Valai. So Jay Valai yesterday met with the media. We've played quite a bit of this today, so I apologize for the hour oneers that stay with us the whole day. But thank you for your un- unwavering if, support. If, if you have to hear something you heard again. But he was asked about, literally right out of the gate, Kanai Walker and what he thinks about Kanai. Uh, Kanai is a hardworking dude. His mindset's the right way. Uh, he fights and he's focused on everything he does. He's very intentional with everything he does as well, too. Big thing I want Kanai to do, you're a big corner play big. You know, if you're going to be a physical guy, be physical. You got to have, you know, you got to have a brand when you're on the football field. And he's learning, he's finding that. And he's, it's almost like finding your voice when you talk as a coach. You got to find your voice as a player and your physicality and your mindset on the field, too. But Kanai's working his tail off. Uh, he's got a great upside and a great mindset. And, and time's always now. So for him, just fighting every single day and getting better, you know, fighting that fight. Dude, is that right? 62203? That's what he's listed. Six Let's foot two, go. 203. Put him at linebacker. 
Um, <laughs> might be an option. Pretty impressive. So you hear Kenai Walker. You hear Woody Washington. You hear DJ Graham. Speaking of Woody, this is the first thing that I've heard Coach say about Woodrow since he's taken the job. Well, Woody's a vet, obviously, and he's been a part of the game. He understands the game, and he has a high level of want-to. Uh, once again, for Woody, the biggest thing is working his details and understanding the craft and, once again, his fitness defense. And Woody's been busting his tail, always asking questions, being intentional, and uh, being a good leader for the whole entire room. And the thing he doesn't want to do is just be a guy. If you want to be a dude... It's just the extra details, right? And uh, that's what Woody's mindset's been, and he's really working to become elite and uh, and leading everything he does, too, on and off the field. So, you know, whatever translates off the field translates on the field, whether you're working in school or whether you're working extra film. And I think he's noticing that and understanding the fit in, in uh, uh, Coach Venable's culture from top down. And that's one thing we're pushing for him is, you know, wanting more. Uh, we're, you know, from everybody across the board, one thing we're trying to destroy right now are the lacks. You know, we don't want guys to have, you know, lacks of passion, lacks of tenacity, lacks of want to, you know, and lack of being intentional. All those details have got to be intentional, finite, and to the point. And we know what we do with those things. We'll be elite in everything we do. But once again, Woody's been a great, doing a great job pushing everybody, but it's always got to be more. You know, I think complacency is a disease. So that's one thing we're trying to lead with our whole entire team. So can I walk her? Woody Washington? And full circle moment after Jay Vlad had been involved in recruiting DJ Graham at Texas. Now he gets to coach him. Yeah, it's funny. It's just it's a weird world. God is uh, 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 amazing just to see how everything just comes back full circle. Uh, one thing DJ's really, really done, you know, he's really working on is not being a guy known for one play. The one play, the one hand catch, right? Good job. But there's more. There's got to be more, right? You don't want to be defined by one thing you do in life because usually that's the 15 minutes of fame, people, right? So for DJ, once again, is getting back to the details, just like everybody else, understanding his fit, understanding his FBI football intelligence on the football field, and how do I consistently get better, right? Whether I'm playing off man, I'm going two to the man, whether I'm crack replacing quicker and triggering, you know, whether I'm seeing a formation and seeing what's coming out of it, just, you know, pre-snap, understanding what's going on. He's working on all those details. And for me, it's opening competition for everybody in the room. You know, I'm not, not a guy playing favorites. So if you're better than whoever is in front of you, you take it. Ain't nobody in front of you. You're right beside each other. So uh, one thing I've come in with, and the same thing our whole entire staff, is it's opening competition, man. Eat or be eaten. So it's, it's, it's been good seeing guys really pushing and straining to get to what they want in life. So DJ's been working, man. One thing he's really worked on, too, which I've really appreciated, is physicality. You know, because everybody sees the catch and this and that. I want physicality on the football field. And he's been really pushing and straining to get to that point. And you can see him just even the way, he, you know, he defeats blocks, coming up aggressively, understanding his key responsibility. So he's getting better at that. So there's a little bit on the three guys that we talk about. But since Coach Jay Valai was so gracious with his time to talk about the room, who are some other dudes to keep an eye on? Oh, yeah. Well, way more than three guys. You know, uh, everybody's eating and working. You know, you look at a guy like Kendall Dennis, had probably one of the best picks I've ever seen in my life in one-on-one the other day. Uh, but he's got to work on his details of the line of scrimmage, right, and understanding, once again, you know, my call alignment stands, key responsibility, my cast car in every call, right? He's got to understand that. Josh Eaton, good length, good size. He's made some good plays on the ball this time too. But one same thing for him is understanding what is my responsibility in the call. And he's getting better with it as well too. So he's grown. And we talked about Kanai and, and Woodrow and DJ and JD, like you just said with him too, playing, you know, the way he's been playing, which has been pretty good, breaking on the football and understanding 
who I am as a corner for him. You know, if you, you ain't 6'2", don't play it, you're 6'2", you know. Work him at the line of scrimmage because the deeper the ball goes, the smaller you get. And uh, I know that too. So understanding, you know, creating turbulence at the line of scrimmage, you know, pre-step, moving around, taxiing, and just giving yourself a better opportunity at the play by playing chess to the checker. So J.D.'s been really working on that as well too in, in fitting uh, what he needs to get done on the field. A lot, lot to digest there, right, from – Kenai Walker being as physical as he has the ability to be to Woody Washington being more physical to DJ Graham really focusing on his physicality. I think there was a common theme in talking about those three guys. Did you catch that? Absolutely. And then even, you know, talking about the finer details for guys like Joshua Eaton. Um, and who else did he mention there? Kendall Dennis and yeah, I I love the mindset of don't try to be something you're not. If you're Jaden Davis, you're not a six two, you know, two hundred and two pound. You're not Can I Walker. Don't try to be that physical guy. Um, or in that same vein, when you are trying to be, or, hold on, I'm messing up the analogy. You can try to be the physical guy, but don't try to be the the long lanky corner that's shutting things down down the road. It's awesome. It's awesome. How you not? And we haven't even played in the. Two hours and 30 minutes we've been on the air today, Josh. We haven't even played the clip where he talks about Brenton Venables essentially being a drug, right? His, that his energy and his enthusiasm is essentially well, a drug. let's hear it. Well, I got to hunt it down. Don't, sorry. I, I, think T, I think Tyler actually cut it up and put it on Twitter. But I was really caught up in all the, the player stuff. Because I, I, I don't think we've gotten a lot of that yet. Is that it? There you go. Here, can you play it from there? You want me to? You got it? By the way, the shirt. Now, I don't think I can rock that shirt that Jay Valai was wearing as impressively as he can because from what I've heard about Jay Valai in the weight room, he is strong as S is the term that was used by Teddy Lehman. But he's rocking the OU shirt, little Jumpman logo, definite schmedium, but he rocks it and had this to say about BV. And, uh, like it's it's a it's a drug being around him 24/7 and it's always go 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 passion 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 intensity 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 you see why he's the best defensive mind in, in football you know just his mindset and just how intentional he is and how he teaches you know this man like it, it's not just boom 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 it's teaching to to the to to the uh, minute detail of everything we're talking about on a football field there's a reason or what's the weakness of the defense you know why are we doing this. All right, down the distance, why do we need a line like this? Just understanding the picture and how aggressively you teach it and having the mindset of a defense, of a call, is what I love being around. Like in, in BV, you know, Coach Venables is just a tremendous dude, tremendous person. And, uh, you know, once again, you talk about leader, leading from the front, you know, not from the back, leading by example. He's that guy for all of us. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm beyond excited to be around him and, you know, being, I guess, the only guy who's never worked with him on the defense, but always been a good friend. You know, being with him has just been amazing for me. Huh, something I hadn't thought of. Jay Valai's the only guy on this defense that hasn't worked with him. Ted Roof has. Jesse, um, or Brandon Hall has. Todd Bates has. Miguel Chavis has. Jay Valai has not. But you can get the sense why Jay Valai has such a rising stock in the college football coaching world. I know some freak out when they're like, but look, he's been like three different places in four years. Yeah, it's called coaching. It's it's what happens. You you and it's not like he's bouncing around from middle Tennessee State to Alabama down to uh I don't know, Louisiana Tech. It's Texas to Alabama to Oklahoma. Those are three big dogs, baby.
No doubt. And time will tell on all of that. Who knows? Maybe Oklahoma's the stop where he's here to stay for a more extended period of time. It sounds like it. If you listen to Jay Valai speak, one of the first things he mentioned was a little bit closer to home, this part of the country, somewhere he wanted to get back to, the tradition of Oklahoma. You're not taking a backseat to anybody in that no. regard. I mean, it is pretty wild for the Euless Texas product because he's essentially had now six different jobs in seven years, but every single job is is big time. He was a quality control coach for Georgia after his playing career in 16 and 17. He then moved on to the Chiefs as a quality control coach for a year in 18. He was the Rutgers cornerbacks coach in 19. He was the Texas cornerback coach in 20. And he was a national championship runner-up at Alabama in 21. That's, that's pretty electric stops for just a short amount of time here early in your career. So I'm not panicking about that. I mean, look at Dave Aranda, for goodness sakes. How many stops he's had. It's wild. It's coaching. It's coaching. All right, a quick break. It's 11.35 on a Tuesday morning. We've got some news coming up next with a lot, a lot of post-game sound from last night's championship win for the Kansas Jayhawks. It's the Plank Show. Do you want to go through the – Final few moments of the game, play-by-play-wise, in the news according to Josh here? Or? Absolutely. I'm only missing one big moments call. And for some reason, I didn't have the three that gave Carolina the lead back. Um, or maybe it tied it, and I still don't. It's a massive play in that game. Um, I, I will say I find it fascinating that Carolina doesn't have essentially a bench point. The what two free throws in the final four in the semifinal against Duke, and then all of a sudden, Josh, they're getting Puff Johnson, who looks like an absolute rock star, uh, getting everything done for them. In fact, yeah, this was a pretty good shot, or a pretty big shot by Puff Johnson last night. Eight to shoot, Davis to work against Martin. Dumps it into the left corner. Three for Puff Johnson. Rolls home! Wow. Puff Johnson! Puff Johnson. In fact, both teams had five players in double figures, Josh. Both teams. Four starters and one on defense. <laughs> I mean, that's insane. Kansas wins at 72-69, to but... Yeah, uh, Puff Johnson was pretty big off the bench. I can't help but wonder if this falls down to what, I don't know, is going to be missed opportunities or what-if moments in the history of, of North Carolina basketball because you can't help but wonder if you don't have a situation late with the ankle injury and then Baycott stumbling as he drive, well, hurting his ankle again as he drives on McCormick. Right? I mean, there's 30 seconds left in the game. You've got the ball. You know, you're down what one at that point. You can't help but wonder. Oh, what what could have happened if he's not in a situation where he doesn't go down with a turnover with 51 seconds left in the game? 
Yeah, huge play in the game. McCormick had just put Kansas in front with that first hook shot and then obviously defended well by McCormick on Baycott there, forces the turnover as he comes stumbling into the paint, and McCormick scores again. And from that point, it felt like Kansas was going to find a way to win this ball game. All right, so let's take you through. Oh, do you want to do the official intro? You ready for the news? Sure. Let's right, let's roll. Sorry. Let's giddy up. It's time for the news according to Josh. People seem to like me because I am polite and I'm rarely late. I like to eat ice cream and I really enjoy a nice pair of slacks. Years later, a doctor will tell me that I have an IQ of 48. All the news that matters to us. What you're about to see is a Channel 4 News exclusive. His name is Nutty the Squirrel, and he's three years old. How about that? <laughs> that squirrel can water ski. And hopefully, it matters to you. Now, with the news, here's Josh Helmer. All right. So, you ready? Let's just go through on the big plays down the stretch. First, it's a 65-all game. Now eight to shoot. Martin a little hop around the McCormick screen. Three on the right wing for Remy Martin. Oh, he snaps the twine. Remy Martin, clutch. And then North Carolina powers back thanks to Brady Manick. On the attack, Caleb Love end to end. No, Manick tip try, yes. 69-68, Tar Heels by one. Kansas, timeout. 141 to go in the national title game. Brady Manick played so well last night. Four blocks, all the rebounds he had, 13 points. That play right there you thought might be the basket to put North Carolina ahead to stay. Right. But, unfortunately, it was not. And David McCormick hits a little jumper to make it 70-69. Another chance for North Carolina. Black with six to shoot. Fakes the pass left. Goes up top to Baycott. Baycott driving. Down the right side. Slip. He grabs his right leg. Down on the ground. It's five on four the other way for Kansas. Wilson left alone on the left wing. Baycott hopping up the floor on one leg. And now the officials are going to stop it. I thought there was a chance for an open three there, but I, it, it, I don't. Wasn't it Obaji that had it on the left wing? But I don't know if that would have been a good shot in that moment. I mean, if you make it, it's a great shot. It's, right, but... it's ball game. So, Baycott goes down. It's a 70-69 game. And then what happens? Brady Mannix forced to do what he had to do for his four years at Oklahoma. Defend the post. And North Carolina chose not to double. Chose not to foul. Coming up on 30 seconds to go. Kansas by one, 70 to 69. Martin will jump the pass over to Wilson. Lobbing underneath to McCormick. McCormick banging against Manic. McCormick turns. Right hand hook drops. Oh, McCormick so strong down low. So, three-point game. North Carolina gets the basketball back. Puff Johnson, seven seconds. Three, top of the key. No! Manic with the rebound. Throws it away! Trying to hit Black in the corner. And he spun it out of bounds. 4.2 seconds to go. Kansas by three. Kansas by three. Ball game seems over, right? Get the ball inbound. Take your foul. Make two free throws, bud. Brown inbounds. Harris. Harris stepped out of bounds. 
Did he step out or was there a foul? He was tiptoeing along the sideline. The whistle blows and they're going to review this. They're going to look at this. Did he step out of bounds? Yes, he did. <laughs> yes, he did. Like Clark Kellogg's got a sweet – I mean, he gets straight from that set back over to radio, doesn't he? Uh, and then, of course, North Carolina, one final chance. Puff looking. Puff finds Love. Love will put it on the deck with three seconds, with two, three at the top of the key. It is no good. It falls just short. And the last number one seed is the nation's number one team, Kansas, for the fourth time in school history. Men's basketball national champions. The final score, Kansas 72, North Carolina 69. There you go. There you have it. If you missed any of it in live HD right here on The Ref, let's go. Um, Bill Self, afterwards on what this win means for Kansas. Well, it means the most to the school and the players. I mean, uh, and it should. Uh, it means something extra special for, for my family and me is because of, of the, you know, we lost our father and he was all of our heroes. And, and, uh, and it also means a lot for me, for my mom, because, you know, she's kind of put living on hold for the last several years, uh, uh, taking care of dad. So uh, it was a special night for our family. And then here is Hubert Davis. Well, this is a minute long. Well, let's just say Hubert Davis was filled with pride. I think it's one way to put it. My man was long-winded last night. We're running out of time, but North Carolina falls to Kansas. Jayhawks, fourth national championship. Bill Self becomes the first Kansas coach to win two national championships during his reign as coach. In a stature all by himself, and he might not be done winning championships, Caesar Sportsbook has installed Kansas as the favorites. 10-1 to, to win the 2023 National Championship. Gonzaga next best odds from Caesars, 12-1, to 1, followed by Arizona, Kentucky, Duke, all opening at 15-1 to 1 odds at Caesars. Arkansas next at 16-1. to 1. Houston, Baylor, North Carolina, UCLA, 18-1 to 1 odds. And let's see, Auburn, 22-1. to 1. Villanova, 25-1. to 1. Purdue and Michigan, each 28-1. to 1. Though the... ESPN way too early. Top 25. Uh, it is not Kansas at the top. I'm such a sucker for these, and I get so angry about them. But does it – is it a team that plays in a state that I visited this weekend? The state – yeah. Yes, it is. Sorry. <laughs> I'm thinking of your I went to trip. Arkansas this weekend. I apologize. <laughs> it is. It's the Arkansas Razorbacks, number one. Houston, two. UCLA, three. Kansas, four. North Carolina, number five. Yeah, I think North Carolina's going to be really good next year. I think it'll be interesting to see how John Shire does um, at at Duke in his first year. I think I think Oklahoma State might be pretty good next year, too. I think I saw them at 25 in one of the way too early top 25. So, there you go. A lot from last night as Oklahoma wins the – what am I saying? As Kansas wins the title – and now we start thinking about college basketball portal signees. We wait till November, right? Alston Mason transfer portal for Oklahoma might be a, a couple more, I think, for for Oklahoma at least maybe coming in and or coming out. But there you go, Kansas is your national champion.
All right. Anything else you want to add to the news before we grab our final timeout? I think I'm good. You good? All right. Let's wrap it up next with the Plank Show. This is the Ref Sports Radio Network. Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well, trying to find a needle in a haystack. Sure, you can post your job to some job board, but then all you can do is hope the right person comes along, which is why you should try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com radio. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. Its powerful technology identifies people with the right experience and actively invites them to apply to your job. You get qualified candidates fast. So while other companies might deliver a lot of hay, ZipRecruiter finds you what you're looking for. The needle in the haystack. See why four out of five employers who post a job in ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. And right now you can try ZipRecruiter for free. That's right, free at ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. ZipRecruiter.com slash radio. It's springtime in Oklahoma, and that means it's time to head to Inner Urban. Swing by one of their six locations in Norman, Edmond, Yukon, Chickasha, Ardmore, and Tulsa and try their mouth-watering honey pepper bacon cheeseburger and a cold beverage. Interurban's cheese enchiladas are the best in America, along with their famous fried chicken club salad. Great food for any taste and friendly service to boot. Interurban staff can't wait to serve you fans. We'll see you when you get there. When the Sooners hit the diamond. Line shot, left field, base hit. Win column, Sooners, game over. We have you covered on the Sports Talk Network. That's hammered to left and deep, and it's a grand slam. This is your home for OU baseball. Sports Talk, 1400 AM and 99.3 FM. The Sports Talk Network, the home of Sooner fans. Touch them all, young man. The Red Sports Radio Network. OU graduation is just around the corner, and Balfour of Norman on Historic Campus Corner has everything you will need. Locally owned for more than 45 years, Balfour continues to be Sooner fans' favorite place to shop. Know someone graduating? Stop by and browse their selection of diploma frames in stock, or check out our customization program online. Our friendly staff will help you find the perfect gift for your OU grad. You will find alumni shirts, hats, decals, lapel pins, license plates, and frames, and many other appropriate gift items that will celebrate their achievement in Sooner style. Or maybe you know a high school grad that is coming to OU for the first time. Make sure they are ready with the latest designs and styles in shirts and hats. While you're there, be sure to look at the new styles arriving for spring and the assortment of softball and baseball shirts. From Jordan and Nike to Columbia Champion, Zuzats and other great brands, you can always expect the best selection, quality, and service. Shop like a champion at Balfour of Norman or online at crimsonproud.com where you will find everything Sooner. For three generations, the John M. Ireland and Son Funeral Home and Chapel in Morris continued to serve the community by giving back to local schools, charitable organizations, and first responders. We provide pre-planning for funerals and cremation services at the most reasonable prices. We are proud to be a family-owned and operated funeral home. Award-winning funeral home year after year, our family believes in serving the people of our community. I'm John Ireland. And I'm Solon Daniels. You've, You've got, got our, our word on it. it. 
Hello, this is Terry Saxon, Saxon Realty Group. It's the month of April. Thinking of selling your home? Don't be fooled in paying high listing commissions when I can do the same for $8.99. Real estate is 100% internet driven, meaning no realtor can sell your home any faster than another, so why pay the outrageous listing fees? My $8.99 listing fee is a no-brainer. Join the list of sellers that are reaping the benefits I provide while selling their home and saving their equity. Call me today at 405-361-3380 or visit my website at saxonrealtygroup.com. Needing some electrical upgrades around your house? Don't do it yourself. Trust the experts at Wade Electric. Wade Electric has been family owned and operated for over 50 years and is committed to the highest level of service and safety. Service changes, LED upgrades, electric car charger or backup generators, we do it all. Leave it to the experts at Wade Electric. Call 405-329-1940 to speak with our trusted professionals. I'm State Farm Agent Julia Chu, and you already know our office is a place to turn for your insurance and financial needs. Now that place has changed to 701 Wall Street. While the location may have changed, the commitment of our team is as strong as ever. So whether you already know us or want the one-of-a-kind service offered by the Julia Chu Agency, call us at 329-3311 or come visit at our new location, 701 Wall Street, right on the corner of Boardwalk and Wall Street in Norman. I was just scrolling through. We have a, a computer in here that I don't use very often just because it's, I mean, I don't have to go in depth on this, but it's a desktop. I was going through the Sooner roster, and there is a, a couple people on here that it was literally one of those, oh, I had completely forgotten about him. Or, oh, yes, that's right. This dude is still around. There's a few. I don't know who this guy is. The men's basketball or the football roster? Football. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Football. Like, um... Luke Krieger, redshirt sophomore out of Bixby. Great player. Wears number 85. Big number 85. Talented guy. Uh, Nasir Kemper, a redshirt freshman out of Lawton Mack. So walk-on type guys? I assume so. Damon Smith, redshirt junior out of Keller, Texas. Uh, Reed Lindsay. Reed's got the sweet flowing mane. But you kind of... Hayden Bray, a defensive lineman. You kind of forget some of the dudes uh, because, I mean, listen, we don't talk about it regularly, but just fa- kind of fascinating to dig through the depth of this. I saw a dude that was a transfer from Abilene Christian, Ty Taylor. I'm like, oh! And they're like, oh. Man. Okay. They had a, a transfer from Emporia State. But, all right, spring ball. Go Hornets. Full swing. Go Hornets. Anything off the text line you want to hit before we say adios? I saw uh, there was one that had caught my eye about moments. Scroll down a little bit. About moments, there it is, in which you had a brain freeze or, you know, we were on the we were on the cusp of one of the greatest maybe choke moments in the history of sports when old boy stepped out of bounds. Yeah. And we brought up the timeout that Chris Webber brought up, but um out of the 405, how about the 1982 North Carolina Georgetown pass to no one? And just side note, because this cracked me up. This happens to me all the time. Uh, the corrective text s- spelled it to in K N O W to no one. I know one too, but yeah, it's a. And that was forty years ago last night. That last night, that game came on the forty year anniversary of the the turnover. I think it was Reg, was it Reggie Williams from Georgia. Man, that would have been wild if North Carolina won a couple of titles in that fashion. <laughs> 
I hadn't even thought of that. Right? Because that's how Michael Jordan picked off the pass and essentially dribbled out the clock. And then in this instance, you would have had a dude stepping out of bounds and you'd have to hit a three to give you another life in overtime. Good one. Uh, listen, great text all day long. Josh, have a great rest of your day. You too. Um, we got a full show tomorrow already slated. And I'm just going to tell you right now, awful lot of football talk coming up tomorrow right here on The Rev. Steely and Thune at noon or next right here on the home of Sooner fans. Catch sports radio icon Mike Steely and 247 reporter Parker Thune.